When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One, and we are recording Miss Alicia Poland. We just actually we just talked for about about twenty minutes already. But uh, oh, real quick, introduce yourself, and then I'm going to have you go in and explain because you're saying most people don't know what it is. But the reality is, is I also don't really know much about it as government acquisitions and uh, procurements. But for that, real quick, introduce yourself. Yeah, hi everybody. I'm I'm Alicia Poland. I'm. Uh... Yeah, like like Tommy was saying, um, one of the things that I can speak uh, to in my life in reference for the areas of study of mine has been in government contracts and procurements. It's an area where I feel very confident about voicing my knowledge, and um, you know, and again, it's it's a, it's a it can be complex when you look at it as one system, um, but I targeted. You know, first of all, I understood what was going on holistically within government contracting, at least within the United States. Um, I was around quite a few subject matter experts that were um, more well-versed in the international affairs and operations. And that was an aspiration of mine was to start to get to that point. Um, a lot of my study and research with the global elite was because I was starting to put together how some of those things came but what I mainly focused on, and a lot of our operations were international because a big focus area was, you know, military, working with the DOD. When I started my career, um, back when I was 29, was business development manager and then business development director and then, you know, capture manager and, and yada yada and went up to operations. But I want to point out specifically for just anybody that's tuning in here, what business development and then what capture management does and still does, um, did and, and does do within the government contracting arena. So you have all of your, you know, these, these companies, you have small businesses, you have mid-sized businesses and you have large businesses and they're actually classified that way. You know, small businesses, the exact size standards I could be off on right now because I've been studying and doing other things with modeling and, you know, influencing recently and, um, and owning my own business. So I had people that, you know, recruit for me that are so I also I'm a CEO of secure shot um, so what secure shot does and how long we've been around is in the area of expertise that I'm referencing right now um, we more so focus on recruiting subject matter experts that work for um, prime contractors or subcontractors that support directly the, uh, the the government mainly DOD and then with a heavy focus on the combat commands um, to place subject matter experts that have TSSCI clearances and higher into positions within the government. So um, through my years working as a capture manager, I realized where there was a lot of gaps in the industry as a businesswoman, and you know, recruiting was one of them, proposals is a tough one, capture management is one. But what I did and what I still have the capability to do and what I take my, and I actually take that same mindset when I look at how um, the global elite operate and how our politics operate and how our, you know, how things are funded and all these things, right? So I look at it holistically. And then when you want to dive in and understand, 
a certain subject matter or a certain organization, there's skill sets and ways that you learn through research and study in the area, you know, because it was, it's my job. I mean, it's how I've been paying for my life. Um, I have, I'm a single mom. I mean, my daughter has a father who is involved in an emotional way. They have a close relationship, sure. but he, you know, he's been in separate areas for a long time. Um, and so I raised her and I wanted to give her, you know, like any other good mother does the best life that I can, you know, and, um, and that meant questioning everything. And that meant working really hard to do well at my job. And that meant my job had to be supporting the good in the world, because, you know, for me, I have, I'm a very spiritual woman, I'm very connected to like the natural world. Um, and that's my religion. You know, my religion is, you know, you can title it as, you know, some people say ethical veganism, but it goes beyond that. It's for humanity and our planet as well. It's, you know, at all costs to avoid cruelty and, you know, suffering to anybody, including yourself, treating your body as a temple, which means, you know, being very aware of what you take in physically and mentally. So, yeah, I guess you could say that through the years, I started to understand how government organizations operated because I had to bring in multi-million dollar contracts to the company that I was working for. Um, and, you know, when I had my own business, I had a partner in the beginning who invested, but I learned later on it was dumb money. It wasn't smart money. And so nine months into it, he had to pull out and I had to start self-funding. So I self-funded the company for the next four years, you know, and even for three of it, having, you know, a COO on staff, having, you know, you know, nice, great CPA firm, you know, accountants, bookkeepers, multiple recruiters. You've been partnering officially with the Department of Defense and their skill bridge program. So we had interns from the Navy that came on, we had interns from the Air Force that came on, you know, and they would stay with us for six months and the military would pay for them to have, you know, to work for us directly because we would be teaching these skill sets, how to, you know, um, put together what's going on out there so you can make informed decisions, you know, so. Yeah. Hi, everybody. You see, I can be quite long-winded, but that's no, like, that, that does is, that make sense, Tommy, for that everybody? Is, is that... that is the primo guest. The worst guest is the one that stares at you and you feel like you're an interrogator at Guantanamo. Like you have to be polite, but deep down inside, you're like, just talk. Just, I'm, I'm going to, I'm like, why, why agree to do the podcast if you're going to clam up? I mean, but you can't say that. So you have to be cordial. And that's why I'm always make sure I'm rested worked out meditated and caffeinated so when the guest inevitably well, claims up you. you're ahead of me today but i, I can have my kombucha so mm -hmm. if the guest stops talking you got it that's why i listen to audiobooks so much is so that if the guest stops talking i can just vomit out anything and try to see what sticks with secure shot i have had multiple oat milk teas today though i had my matcha latte and i've had you know some other kind of a latte with oat milk well, perfect. Um, yeah. What, I love what, to cook and stuff like that too. So you'll hear me talk a lot about plants and growing plants and cooking and things like that. And I'm also, you got to let everybody know too, because I'm very proud of it because to me, plants heal. And um, I've recently started working with Global Garden, which they're like a, a, you know, an international distributor of many. So they're like the, you know, they, they just, they have uh, multiple different companies they work with in the area of cultivation. So I am going to be and have actually started I grow cannabis in my home um, and I'm so I'm a novice cannabis grower and they provide me their distributors provide global garden and they provide me everything from you know the lights the tent I have a whole operation back there I can show you and I'm you know I know the law everybody you know so and I'm in Colorado I've had and the on. law is six plants in Colorado and that's one area I know I can't like you know I mean I know with marijuana you inhale 
in your lungs is one of the ways that you can do that. So I can't promote it to everybody like that, but I do, there is a million ways you can use cannabis edible. and I do smoke with the hemp thing and not directly the lighter. And I'm, you know, I'm growing it in veganic soil, no bone marrow, no feather meal, no, none of that. And, yeah. and, and with like amazing nutrients from places like greenhouse feeding, I don't know, I've got so much to learn in that area, but I've had on, I've, I've had on people that, that grow before, like professionally, we had a, a hemp wick in college, <laughs> me and my buddy, we had a big pipe and we called it the Gandalf pipe because it looked like something out of Lord yeah. of the Rings and we used the huge, yeah, the hemp wick. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, no, actually I was in Denver in June for my little brother's bachelor party and I got, I'm 32 and I got denied, I got denied weed, which everyone there in said Denver? They, in Denver, everyone there. Well, because Uber, they thought you were under 21. No, I showed them my ID. They said they thought I was a, no, first they said I, I looked suspicious, and then they said they thought I was a cop, which even if I was, what does that it matter? That's true, though. I mean, you, they, I was going to say, they probably thought you were, like, some government operation, but government, you know, I mean, you know. Well, what does, what, what does it matter? What does it matter? And I didn't live it down the whole, we told our Uber driver, it was some hippie dude, and he looked at me, and he was like, are you a cop? And I was like, no, I just wanted, you know, whatever. But, right. um, so, uh, I kind of do, I am, I am a little curious about, um, about secure shot in that so and you said you 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 would kind of this is how it is in my mind you're getting uh subject matter experts because right you always see it in the movie right the government whatever it is you know you can call them SMEs for short because you know they in government contracting acronym everything yeah so SMEs but subject matter experts just means like the really smart people in certain discipline areas yeah well yeah you always see the scene in the movie Right. Or it's Godzilla or it's uh, Arrival or any alien movie or whatever. Or tomorrow, day after tomorrow, it's always right. The Black Hawk lands. The general gets out. There's bodyguards and they go up to Professor Smith's house and he always lives somewhere in like Washington State or New Hampshire. And they're like, your government needs you. And you always see him. And he's like almost tired of the shit. He's like, God, one more time. I mean, that's what we found. We found, I mean, you go to our website right now and you see some of the positions that were most recent was guys in counter proliferation, guys in counter terrorism, mm-hmm. you know, counterintelligence. Like, uh, I wanted to do every time I get into something in life, like, I, you know, what I, I know I got to be passionate about it and motivated to spark that passion and keep going. And it, it was interesting to me. I mean, what these special ops guys do and, you know, um, just the whole the whole way it operates and how much people, you know, I realize more so now in my life that it's not just about like the military isn't set up just to, you know, protect our freedom and our country anymore. Like, you know, like it should be, it's more, there's some political interest behind it, but ultimately I still know the men and the women, the majority of them, at least that are out there, you know, serving our country are doing it to protect. And we do need that protection from things, you know, like what goes on with Russia and places. I and mean, we do need that. And, and there are times that we have, but right now it's just very politically, you know, ran. And it, you could tell when all the mandates came out. I mean, some guys like the Marines, there were some guys, you know, uh, and again, like, I don't know, they had a team of like 200 technical guys that opted out of taking the vaccine, you know, that were like, no, our team's not going to do this. But there were so many generals and commanders that I'm sorry, they disappointed me. You know, I, I'm, there's so many mandates that these guys, these our, our men and women have had to go through way too much with the military. And I know so many of them that have had to take already so many vaccines throughout their years in the military, you know? I mean, they've probably done a more effective job at crippling the military than any foreign power. 
I mean, you take physically fit. I mean, they treat them as lab rats, you know, and they're out there literally like, you know, believing, you know, that, and they are, I mean, they're doing everything they can within their knowledge in their area. You know, it's almost like you think, you think now when they set up these top secret clearances and stuff, you're like, oh yeah, I see how you do that now. And not saying it was started wrong because there are, you know, again, there's, were so many good people at CDC that left when all this stuff happened, you know, so I'm not, you know, I'm not going to point fingers at individual individuals in the you know uh lower organizational areas or whatever but when you are at director levels or you are at peo levels or you you know program executive officer or you're a senior executive officer and you're in you know homeland security like my brother and i are batting heads right now yeah chad you and i right now because he's at homeland security in their chief information security office and he backs up that misinformation bullshit oh, you the, know all misinformation the, the you know DGB. Yeah, all that does is censor the truth. It censors the people that are actually literally going out there and trying to fight one letter away from KGB. It's one letter away from KGB, DGB, KGB. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, well, I would imagine he's probably not unfamiliar with my podcast. I would hope so. I I got I hope he's not. I hope he is familiar with it. I mean, but he's just he thinks everybody's a conspiracy theorist. You know, well, and you know. he's so intelligent until it got to a point where he just he just didn't want to see like so he worked at Mantech for a long time. And then, you know, like, um, I don't know how long, you know, I don't want to quote things that I don't know. That's what I try not to do. So in anything I say, do your, you know, anybody do your do your own research, you know, double, triple check everything I constantly do and keep learning, you know, just question everything, you know, don't just take what definitely don't believe what the media says. My gosh, if people would just understand how that's run and operated, then they would never turn it on. You know, maybe yeah. for informative pieces to see what we're fighting against, but you can see what we're fighting against by the way it affects, you know, a good portion of the population. You know, when people started walking around, I was like, what are they doing with what happened? What? I guess, you know, I, I one thing to know is I did work with, um, I did capture management for National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, where Mr. Fauci's area no, of yeah, expertise is and his uh, non expertise, you know. Um, I recommend people read the the real Anthony Fauci book. I I haven't gotten all the way into it yet because I already knew what we were dealing with with him, not because I saw him. But I also understand, you know, I worked with a contracting officer there who had an unlimited warrant. And I know that his security team was deeper than the security teams in the three-letter agencies. Like when, when this contracting officer, he had a lot of stuff, you know, his own things that he had to deal with medically. And I won't mention his name. He's a friend of mine. Um, but when he would go into the hospital, you know, more often than one would want to visit a hospital for especially a type of surgery or whatever, um, there'd be like six security guards with him because they're afraid of what he would say. You know what I mean? Like you just realize that like within just these little operations, how they can just make these like Dr. You know, Fauci can come up with, you know, okay, let's go ahead and tell everybody do this. And, and everybody just does it. You know, it's, it's just, it doesn't take rocket science to figure out that, you know, that some one man shouldn't have that type of power, you know, especially if he's, you know, if he can't even back up and prove through like evidence-based science where they come up with these things. I mean, you know, it just, it's just really disturbing, Tommy. Sorry. Yeah, no, no. I mean, it's kind of the double-edged sort of all of it. I mean, everything we've been talking about, you know, the military, the military industrial complex, like you do need it. You can't go full hippie. I mean, we are humans. We are the warring ape. You do need borders. You do need a military as much as I'd love that we also. Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But you also do have, I mean, 
not recent. I mean, all the way back to the, I mean, the 1890s. Look at the early writings of Smedley Butler through Eisenhower's military-industrial complex speech. I mean, you do see the marriage between that and business, but it's also not all evil. Maybe I've been, maybe I've drank the Kool Aid. I don't. Oh think it's no, all for evil. sure. No, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. There's and then, definitely good winning. You know, there's a lot sure, of good out there. Sure. I mean, there's a reason why people still immigrate here uh, with compartmentalization with security i mean again double-edged sword compartmentalization is good to keep it secret it's good to limit the damage that a mole can do for sure yeah like yeah, a, like a kim philby that's or why i took back when i said you know or was was starting to say like oh i see how why they did the clearances thing i know no i mean i things don't all start bad to have some bad apples in it you know um well, I didn't, but what, things not, can become toxic, though, and the more the more you allow the bad apples in an organization, whether it be government or it be industry, which is, you know, what we consider the companies that support government, you know, those bad apples in an organization can become toxic. And if that gets into seeps into your leadership and you have some toxic leadership at a company dealing with some toxic government, you know, officials, you know, I mean, I've been at organizations where, you know, leadership's gone down for doing the wrong thing with the government one. And I, you know, I got out of there. I was, that was when I wasn't supporting DOD. It's a public information. You can pull it up, you know, but um, other than that, I think I worked for some companies with a lot of integrity, more values. I mean, that's like a thing with compartmentalization, right? Having all the, having all the guys around the doctor or having all the guys around the guy going to the doctor's office so he doesn't say anything under anesthesia is you know the compartmentalization it keeps things from getting too bad oh yeah 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 but it just kind of gives you what that does is not say that that's bad and he had that kind of security but it just gives you insight into the level of information and the you know the type of data that's being exchanged the type of decisions that are being made you know how um how just a few, you know, you can have a con, you know, if you have a contracting officer who has an unlimited warrant, they have like a lot of say, you know, and they don't understand everything that goes on within the operations area. So this is a part of where I think, you know, the, the government could, you know, some agencies do better than other agencies, right? So you have your, um, you have your guys that do your end users, your people that do the work, right? But then you have people that put together the contracts to send to industry about the work, right? Mm-hmm. So whether you have like, you could have a contracting office that has no idea about what this technical or scientific or, you know, whatever intelligence area does, but yet they're putting a new contract and signing off on it. And, and that's the only signature you need, you know, sometimes we have these unlimited warrants, right? So when you have that type of authority, but you don't all have, you know, and there's contracting officers who are great out there and who do have, you know, a lot of knowledge in the subject area, but it's just, it's, it's so easy to, to, you know, to make an uninformed decision and, you know, and to have it affect many, you know what I mean? It's just, it's, there's not enough double, triple checking these, the work of some, some organizations, you know? Well, it's the same double-edged sword of all of it. What in theory might be good for an intelligence operation can also be used for, someone doing nefarious shit or maybe not even nefarious maybe inept and then covering up their own mistakes and instead of having to own up for it they can go uh that's national security well you definitely don't want yeah you want to have the compartmentalized you know you want to have the clearances you want to have the compartmentalized information you want to have but they also there's you know a big thing in industry is in government and they're always looking to industry to help them figure out a solution is information sharing 
because they do hold on to some of that so tight and some of it is needed to operate. Like, you know, they, this whole the last, last couple of years would have gone a lot better if they shared information better. And sometimes in agencies within themselves, they're even having issues with sharing information. You know, that's why data and data management and data science and all these things are so big, you know? Wasn't that Ed Snowden's last job, the Office of Information Sharing out in Hawaii, OIS? They, I think oh, he I talked about you that in his book. Yeah, that, that, that was his final. I just remember that that because it's such. He even says it's like it's such an innocuous sounding. He had a he had an office and he was one of one members. So it just says on the door OIS, the Office of Information right, Sharing, right. which just sounds like the most generic. It's it's like what the CIA guys will call the CIA. They call it OGA, right? Just mm-hmm. uh, other government agency or the Office of Government Affairs. All right, I mean, but he talks about that in terms of the. Comp- compartmentalization right i mean i think most historically we see it prior to 9-11 is uh, james bamford talks about it a lot in his book uh, shadow factory the post 9-11 ultra secret nsa but he starts the book by going pre 9-11 and i never knew this i was granted i was 11 when it happened but um leading up to 9-11 it really wasn't and i don't mean in a, like a conspiratorial sense i mean in a sense that they knew something was coming in like June, July, August. The chatter was going off. All the algorithms were saying something's happening. And it was, I mean, there's 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 a paper trail you can follow of, of FBI officials, NSA officials, CIA officials saying something's coming. And then as they get closer to the, the date, you can almost see this sort of panic where they go, we don't even know where it is, but we know something's coming in the Western world. And mm-hmm. that was, so it wasn't this attack out of the blue, like, that's how I was, you know, that's how I thought about it when I was 11. But you look back at it and they're like, oh, we, they all knew something was happening. There are these little markers, these little canaries going up. But because it had all been so compartmentalized, I would imagine from the Cold War to to inhibit the the damage that moles could do, there was yeah. a lack of sharing. And that is, I mean, on one hand, that's one of the arguments for why 9-11 happened was because know, there was right? no sharing. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, to, to kind of go on in like a complete 180. Um, so you're talking about getting set, uh, expert subject matter, SMEs, subject matter experts, right. For the, mm-hmm. the, the, the metaphorical Godzilla, like we got to go get the reptilian guy from Harvard. And so you look at that, but you are saying that, so you get these people with TSSCI clearances, but you don't have them yourself. How does that, so like I'll put together doctors sometimes on this podcast. I don't have an MD. And so like, I know enough to put this guy and this guy together. Like, I'm like, all right, right, here comes the fire. Here comes the See, so you have to say that's, that's, yeah, exactly. I'm like, I'm not read into biology. (laughs) Yeah, no, no. You're not going to find me as some, like, I'm not like highly credentialed from some institution degreed in this, that, and the other. Like I went out there and just figured out how to, you know, how things worked into the best that I can. And I keep trying and, and I place myself around the smartest people I can in the room when I can. And I couldn't have done what I did if it wasn't for the subject matter experts I worked with over the years. Like when I was at infinity, I worked with this attorney, her name was, I mean, she wasn't a practicing attorney at the time she was doing contracts there, but she understood how to break down a contract, how to break Mm -hmm. down a solicitation. And she taught me. And then we had multiple different PhDs. One was, you know, uh, Dr. Sagan, who was the chief technology officer to the CTO at CIA and worked right with National Ground Intelligence Center. And, and these are the people that wrote the solutions that I would, yeah. So I would, what I would do is when, you know, if I'm not talking as broad about 
this, 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 and this, I can geek out. You know what I mean? I can get really into the subject matter and I will become just like if I'm on set, if I'm reading, you know, a script and diving into character and for a role or something like I like to focus, you know, and I like to dive into what I'm doing and give it my all. So I will become very smart in an area for the time I need and, and, and smart enough to be able to notice that I don't know these things. I do know these, I can figure out, okay, these people together, they, they work this out. And then the way they would explain it to me, I could validate things. And you had, you know, quality control plans. And there's a lot of really great things that the government does have that are set up. I mean, I'm for less government for sure, but you know, I learned a lot about how to keep things organized. You know what I mean? So I, I ended up building my company and our, all of our standard operating procedures are based upon how the government sends out their acquisitions and procurements so that my team, everybody from the interns to the recruiters, because so that's what we did is we had, you know, over the years, I mean, for the most part, I had an average of, you know, 12, you know, recruiters, not always all full time. Um, and at sometimes full time, you know, I had my best year in 2020 and then my worst year in 2021, like one fifth less. It finally got to my business where. I, you know, I thought, you know, I was going to be a millionaire by a few and, you know, by now and my daughter reminds me and I'm like, well, hey, you know, my, you know, I, I didn't know how to operate in, in the world where a lot of my buddies were going with the mandates and stuff and uh, people that I thought were, but I did through these years, I realized who I can turn to in the future, who is out there and who is, you know, really what, whose company stands behind some really solid morals and values. Like I learned yeah. a lot. You know, yeah, no, no pun intended. Yeah, 2020 was definitely mask off. You got to see who everyone was for better yeah, or worse. I know you got to um, see, but the I know person. I keep getting around the, the question, Tommy. So we have recruiters and they do, they oh, would yeah. go through many different, you know, we're part of different organizations like the Armed Forces Electronics and Communications Association, which is, you know, AFSIA, uh, Women in Defense. At times, I would be a part of that for years in a row. Uh, women in technology, you know, different groups up at Aberdeen Proving Ground, like uh, this association that I should have definitely attended more. Um, as I always had a huge respect for the military, I still do, you know, and I want to help protect them now because I realize that while they've been protecting us, they've been getting the shit into the stick with a lot of things, you know what I mean? And it's not fair. Um, it's not fair at all. You know, I've, I, I work with veterans that have, you know, anyway, we'll go into that later. But um, so we find these people, we find these subject matter experts, and we place them with uh, companies that are hiring us to find them. They're hiring us because they've kind of come to a point where they've exhausted their resources on it or they don't have the resources on it. They need somebody. We find the harder to find positions. I wanted to focus on your higher scientific you know, type positions, your higher intellectual type positions, like different things like identity intelligence solutions and um, different areas within that. It's okay, Red. Okay, I have it. Hey, it's okay. Hold on. You can join. It's fine. It's okay. The neighbor. Okay. I'm on the podcast. It's Mr. Red. Dogs are also in the podcast. Yeah, man, calm down, calm down, calm down. Um, and then we place them working with our partner organization. So, and then recently, the thing I, I did a, I worked with a team on. I didn't lead capture, um, but I worked some capture aspects for a special operations command contract for their joint, uh, joint special operations university. And so we would find people in the academic area, but then we would find people in the sensitive activities area, which would mean any different, you know, any different level of guy that worked with, you know, was a SEAL or a mm -hmm. stop, you know, um, just really cool. You, you could, the sensitive activities can mean a bunch of different things in like the intelligence world or the Department of Defense 
um, uh, but I would work on that uh, understanding what the incumbent was doing in the space, understanding what the organization was doing, and then helping the company I'm with and our teaming partners come up with a solution to go in and provide a better service, you know, ultimately. But um, yeah, so then finding, and then once they win those kind of contracts, then we find those subject matter experts that do the work. So that's what our guys would be skill set. Our, our team of recruiters would be smarter than I am on the skill set areas because every single day they would go to work eight plus hours a day, five days a week, finding these guys, interviewing these guys. And I'm having, you know, dealing with the financial things and the, you know, all the other million things that come with owning a business. Um, so, yeah. yeah, it's, I would imagine this might just be my own chronically anxious mind. But I feel like there'd probably be like some level of uh, not quite paranoia. That's an extreme word. But like um, there's also ego involved to think anyone cares enough. But like, you know, I've interviewed enough people in we're in still in the, the CIA or or Navy or or, you know, nuclear weapons or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, pretty I, I would imagine all good people. I, I haven't I haven't done a podcast I haven't enjoyed. and um. But then I always think like I wouldn't actually have any idea if I like had a not a handler, but I would have no idea if I actually I mean, Joe Rogan, Lex Friedman. And again, it takes a lot of ego to say my name with them. They've got a thousand, ten thousand times more followers than I do. But hey, they, you got it. You got to just know you're in the same whether I, I said to one entrepreneur once, I'm like, well, I'm not at your level. He was like, at least you have the mindset. And, and, and they respect that, whether you're, you know at a different point in your, you know, evolution of it or whatever, but you know, oh, the mindset's there. You've got the same oh, mindset. Don't get me wrong. I'll very, I'll very quickly remind people that I interviewed uh, Dr. Malone and Dr. McCullough multiple times. I know that already, right? Multiple there, months. Huge credibility. Well, I had him on before Rogan ever did. I actually got banned before Rogan ever did. And I'm kind of upset that the White House never slandered me because that would have got me a lot of subscribers. But it right? did. I was gonna they say. went to him. Everyone's like, Rogan's really pushing the needle. Having, I'm like, hi, what? This is December. I'm like, I had them on. I had them on six months ago. Yeah, and right. What am I, chopped liver? <laughs> Malone went on Rogan, and they're like, so you got banned from Twitter yesterday. I'm like, mention the tweet that got you banned. It's because I texted him an episode <laughs> he did with me a week there. prior. He, he tweeted my episode, <laughs> and he got banned. And I'm like, mention what got you banned. But I know, right? I don't need to have a, an aneurysm because I will. But I feel like if I didn't have a clearance but I was handling all these people that did have clearances. Like for instance, I've talked about this before. So I've had on a uh, Dr. Stephen Hatfield. My and... recruiters would have clearances a lot of the time. Oh, so, you okay. know, the well, people that, that were actually finding the recruiters. Finding well, e- people. Even then, like I've had on Dr. Stephen Hatfield, who was like uh, involved in anthrax research and Dr. Ken Alabek, who is the head of the Soviet Union. And there's some Union. people on my management team. Sorry, I have to let you know that. Oh, it's good. important to have the people with the clearances just so people do know out there. You don't want to just have a company where you don't understand those things. So okay. I made sure for years I had a guy, George Kitchen, who had his clearance. Many of my military guys had their clearance. Like my COO you. had her secret for a while and her husband had his TSSCI. My my advisors have TSSCIs like, you know, Josh Thielen. I will sign my name by him any day. He's the, with the DOD intern of mine, Macklin Bickford, my ex who worked with our company. He doesn't have his yet, but we were going to put him in. So mm-hmm. I, I, I tried to surround myself with everybody who did want it. Okay. And 
you know, right. so cool. um, because right. it is important to have that. But you, I know your question might not have been in lieu of that. Or... No, no, it's no, you, you, you read, you read my mind. You kind of answered what I was going to say, but like I'll have on, I've had on biological weapons experts and they're talking to each other and they're smiling that Ken Albeck was the head of the Soviet Union bioweapon program, defected the U.S. in 92. I've had mm-hmm. him on here several times. And I had him on with Stephen. Hatt. They knew each other back in the Cold War. And I've had them but on. You could geek out with them, right? Like you could dive in. Barely. You were really. Well, Barely. I mean, they're yeah. geniuses. But so but my point is, is when they're talking, I described it as this. Is they were like two, their two older brothers, like throwing a ball back and forth. And I was like a toddler. I just assumed that like, they're not you taking advantage of my. You visually po- watching though, at least, you know, and sure. having and asking questions. What I mean, directions. like the yeah. in-depth like cellular biology there it was a different language and to me i'm like well i mean okay maybe i don't get it but you know what are they really talking they're talking about biology whatever if i was dealing like in government contracting acquisitions and intelligence and the senior executive service i, I mean I, I had guys working with rail gun operations you know yeah, what i mean you're like that shit's so cool yeah. yeah but that's my fear would be i mean okay you had employees so that kind of that kind of offset my question my fear would be if i wasn't cleared in I would never quite know if I was having the wolf. And that's exactly why that's perfect. That's such a good point, Tommy. And that's exactly why my hesitation to do anything with the company in the last year that was like, that I couldn't figure out. Cause see a lot of time you have to have your clearance, but you're not necessarily like, you're not necessarily going to use it. You know what I mean? So like you'll have like contracts come out and say, okay, we want people that have their top secret clearance, but here's everything they're going to be doing. And then maybe we'll be calling them in for this or that or whatever. I mean, it's like, it's not always like most of those like highly, highly cleared stuff. You got to be highly, highly cleared to be in there and talking about and doing that stuff. Right. So, but you can have contracts where you're doing the capture on it, where you're understanding that these guys, cause they may do, be doing software development. Right. So you're going and saying, Hey, I'm going to put the team of people together that are going to do software development on this. And they're going to actually come in and modernize the software. They're going to test the software. They're going to do this, this, and this. But what you don't know is the data that they're inputting into the software or whatever, right? So there's always these areas where you're like, and then those people that are doing that software, they then have to sign these NDAs, which, you know, once you get to know a little bit more, like for me in the government contracting, the NDAs were just a little bit more than a handshake. I mean, it was like a non-disclosure mm-hmm. agreement. It didn't really hold up in a courtroom. It's like, yeah, it sounds kind of cool. But once you get into the real contracts and what they hold people accountable to, um, and when you're working with the government, how you have to do things, you know, if in most organizations, again, every government organization is run a little different, you know, but there are still, you know, like consistent enough rules across the board for how these acquisitions and procurements have to go by because there are, you know, uh, laws and regulations and things that kind of, you know, are overarching. And there's contract vehicles called GWACs, which is government wide acquisition contracts that you can get awarded that can give you the opportunity to have work at 20 plus different agencies if that's what that you know so um i don't know where i was going exactly with that but i think we were talking about the clearances and where you can have people that have to have it but the the work that they're doing you, you may never get to the your development of the software and your testing and all this may never hit the point where any classified information is a part of that you know what i mean it's just it just really depends on each opportunity but it was frustrating to some of my partners. Uh, I know that there were some guys that sold their company for hundreds of million dollars. One company specifically, I worked with them. We worked with Black Horse Solutions and um, saw public information. They sold for 203 million. And um, I am 
you know, friends still with Timothy Newberry. I have Mike Cushion and I were friends for years. Timothy Newberry was the founder and he's now our venture capitalist. And um, he uh, actually reached out to me when I posted something on LinkedIn about being a freedom fighter, you know? So it was like that type of connection came back in and was like, hey, but their firm, when we started out, we did their recruiting um, and built up their whole recruiting arm there, um, working alongside one of their directors in HR. And then she eventually brought someone in to help. But our team would find all of their subject matter experts with top secret SEI clearances that worked for you know uh, the different agencies they supported, mainly doing cybersecurity, both offensive and defensive. And the way they built their firm and you know the desire for me to get my clearance so I could get in and do some of the subcontracting work if I had made that a priority, I would have been in a different financial situation now, you know, in my life, because uh, that's where that would have needed to go for that relationship to go further. So where I was playing, the field I was playing with, the guys that I was starting, you know, I've been rolling with for years now, we're like, you know, you're going to have to get your clearance. You know, you're going to have to get this right. So, and and it would be a bummer because there would be conversations where I'd be a part of, and then there'd be sometimes where I'd have to step out of the room for this (laughs) last little piece of it, you know? And, And that's where I'm like, nowadays, I'm like, I can't, you know, for the off, for the chance that I could be supporting something I don't believe in or that's not right, you know, and not know what everybody on my team is placing people to do. I mean, where I found my peace was, we really made sure as best as we could that we got to know the people that we placed. We weren't just a staffing firm. We weren't just finding people to put in seats. And that's why we were able to work off word of mouth all these years, you know? So most of the contracts, that I had were with people that knew me through the years and trusted me, you know? So when we interviewed these people, you know, you're trying to get to the bottom of who the person is. So, you know, you're putting somebody that's trustworthy on the, on the role and you're, and you're yeah. trusting in them. So it's, it's but again, yeah. It's kind of like I went to the yeah. university of Georgia and uh, you know, granted, I think I only ever went to one football game cause I was studying, but one of my best friends, one of my roommates known him since, middle school spoke like perfect spanish and i don't speak spanish i took german and i don't speak german i'm terrible mm-hmm. at it and i remember like there were times where we would like just bum a ride from like i don't know you'd see some like day laborers or something it's in georgia so that's just a uh, that's just a kind of a norm and uh you know they they'd say something to each other and then like my friend would be like the interpreter he'd be like oh they're just saying 10 bucks they'll drive us to the stadium cool well, my interpreter is also like one of my best friends. So it's like, although I don't understand what the two day laborers are saying to each other, I do trust my friend that he's not going right. to screw me over. That's where I would be concerned would be because if he's not my friend and he's just some dude interpreting, I'm like, I have no idea that you're not telling them, hey, let's take white boy around the corner and oh. beat the shit out of him, take his wallet. So like that would be my fear would be. If I was constantly going to be in cars getting rides downtown from people who spoke a different language, my end goal would be like, okay, I need to learn Spanish. I got to learn that language. And that's exactly why I paused the business, Tommy, why I said, you know what, like, I can't, we can't, I mean, I'm not billing out on that anymore. I make more money as a model and an influencer now. I mean, I do have task orders that come like here and there. It's, it's, and I'm having to build that up too differently because, you know, I already, in the modeling world, it's half of, so not only did my business get affected, but there was like everything that came through Netflix was a vax mandate. Everything that came through SAG, which was a Screen Actors Guild, was, it was vaccine mandate, right? So I've, I'm sitting here and at that point, I was like, finally, I was at a point for me was the, the, the most, the, was the, the best position I've been in as a model 
and since I've been a model and I'm 42 years old, about 43 and in a week. And so I became a model, Happy like birthday. a professional model at 36, which is, doesn't happen often, but that happened. And I was like, okay. And then I became a lifestyle model because that's where I realized where my area within it was right. You know, I'm not runway. I'm not five foot nine, five foot 10, 110 pounds. I'm more of a relatable person. You know what I mean? So I, you I'm, know, support a lot of brands like, you know, Tipperpedic and Yasa and like Riviera Towel and San Soleil and, you know, Global Garden. That's how I got my influencer job was I was a model for them. But everything I, because I can stand behind and I can visually see and I can verify and, you know, and give credibility to the things that I'm backing up, you know, and even so much so that I, you know, removed, try, you know, I realized in my life, all these things that were like, not vegan, you know, that used animal. And I, you know, again, there's, I know I'm, I'm, I know I'm a part of like a more conservative world. I'm a patriot and all that. And I know there's a lot of other, you know, areas where people are going to go into how people have eaten meat for years and da, 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 da. But, you know, you look, even Joe Rogan will tell you about factory farming and how bad it is. You know, I'm not sitting there telling the guy in Alaska that goes out and hunts for his food and uses every part of that animal and takes that animal, you know, in that moment and, and blesses the land and, you know, even more respectful, some of those hunters go out and don't even go back to the same place because they, you know, they don't want the the energy and the harm to the animals of the population to go down. I mean, so, you know, you're talking about, or you're talking about somewhere where that's what they have to do to survive, you know, I'm talking about a completely exploited industry of agriculture, like a completely disgusting, terrifying, torturous, you know, the antibiotics that these animals are filled with, the torture they go through and what goes into our bodies, the whole system of it's messed up, you know, that's what I'm targeting. So, you know, for me, uh, I'm just always, you know, I'm always just trying to look at things and see them for what they are, not what they're presented to be, not what they're supposed to look like or whatever, what they are, like, what is the root of this? And, you know, so I've got a lot to learn, Tommy. I think I'm in the right group now, though, you know, but I do have a lot to bring to the table, too. So the more I start kind of talking with people like you and Dr. McCullough and the Just Think podcast girls and people that reach out and say, hey, oh, I didn't know you were a patriot or a freedom fighter, too. And oh, my gosh. And blah, blah, blah. I didn't know you were like, no, I'm like, yeah, like now I feel like I'm connecting with a world of people that I can actually consider like a community. Like, you know, I know who I go to now if I had questions about my health and my daughter's health, you know, like, it's like, I mean, I've, I've been able that the way that Dr. McCullough and those professionals that work with him and children's health defense and stuff reach out and allow public to, you know, interact with them. I mean, I've been able to ask him questions just like quickly about, you know, and I'm just saying, oh, I have anemia. Oh, take this. Boom. You know, my daughter has this. Oh, take this. Boom. All the most natural cleanest products with like, you know, just years and years of just like, you know, uh, wonderful results you know like and and tons of great data and just like you know i don't know i just a lot going on in this world right now and i'm just blessed to be a part of the community that i'm becoming a part of so you know yeah so finding subject matter experts and you know being an influencer and all this but if i got the chance to do a post-mortem with dr mccullough on cdc i would take that over everything and run with it you know to to try and expose all the areas where they didn't do the testing they were supposed to, they didn't go through the right standard operating procedures that they were supposed to, you know? Um, so am I an expert on everything that they did wrong in there? No, but I, I, I can pull it up and we can, we can start to talk about it and I can then go back and reference some of my research and stuff. You know, it's just that my brain's been on some other things in the last couple of days. So. Um, no, I got yeah. you. No, you don't. I mean, I, uh, I always describe it for me as a, uh, 
I know how to I know how to listen to an audiobook, like read a couple articles and then and then pawn it off like I understand what I'm talking about. So like last week I put together like Dr. McCullough and Dr. Alabek, the Soviet Union bioweapon guy. And they're all them. over my head. I'm learning every day. I'm every email I'm a part of, every thread, every sentence. I'm like, Well, Ooh. it's like uh I don't know. It's like uh you only, you need like a basic understanding of of something to kind of just... oh for sure yeah yeah so like I mean even me I went back and I studied health science um for years because I was working at like a assisted living facility and they were you know I studied geriatric mental ill for a while and I was actually in a position as like a director of marketing for an assisted living facility so I would work with people at nursing homes and hospitals and parents or, or, or sorry, adult children of parents who were, you know, going into later stages of, you know, some sort of like physically, uh, physical immobility or, you know, mental immobility. And um, so what happened was I became on call for, for some situations that I thought, oh my gosh, I, they can't call me for this. They're calling me as the emergency director here in marketing for this person that could be going into renal failure here or something. I'm like, oh my gosh. So I went back to school just to try to get smarter um, to figure out just how the, the body operated better, you know what I mean? And how it was put together and made up. And, you know, so yeah, there's always, you know, I've always studied as much as I could the areas that I was in. Um, and then I, when I got my job in government contracting, because of that couple of years or year and a half working with that assisted living facility, it gave me the role as business development and our main focus area was National Institute of Health. I realized at that point how much I did know though. I mean, those first couple of years, I was so green. I was just like, you know, we submitted a proposal for CIO SP3, which is like a chief information officer, uh, like multi, probably billions now or billions then. Um, I had to put together a team of medical professionals. I had no clue what I was doing back then, but that's what got me to back up and be like, hold up a second. Like you really need to pick a focus area and get a little smarter on what's going on there because that did not work. So then I started picking up contracts at NOAA and Army and Air Force and winning them and going in with certain areas that I could understand. Like I could understand what a systems administrator did. You know what I mean? I could understand and I can understand what was going on with that Army mission because I was working with people all the time that were in the Army or in the Air Force or in the Navy, you know? And so I could, you know, pick those, you know, uh, not skill sets up, but I could just get smarter on certain things. And then I, as I started to get smarter in certain technology areas, I expanded into hot, you know, um, areas of, you know, more focused discipline areas like cybersecurity, data analytics, software development, you know, and things like that. And even if you get into mobile development, you know, that's a whole nother subject area. Um, it's different from software development, you know? So it's just like, yeah, I and that's one of the things that over the years I was like, okay, if you're going to go anywhere further with this, Alicia, you're going to have to start narrowing your this this reach you have. And um, and what frustrated me with some of the firms I worked for was they tried to do everything and they tried to work for every agency. So one of the when I was like midpoint, well maybe no, still kind of junior to midpoint in my career as a business development person trying to become more of a capture manager because I saw the need in myself and in organizations to go in and have a niche capability area. So, because that's who was winning, you know, that's who was doing well is they were, they weren't trying to say they did, you know, um, acquisition services and cyber services. And they were also like facilities guys and construction guys and like geospatial guys. I mean, you just diluting, you know, it's hard to keep that subject matter, 
you know, up to par and up with the emerging technologies and trends in that area and to speak to the subject matter experts if you're not really focused. So that's why we, I said, you know, okay, intelligence, so how the government breaks up in, you know, the civilian space, the DOD space, and then the intelligence space. I said, okay, we're, we're not doing civilian business and we're not doing intelligence. We'll, we'll do intelligence as it relates to the DOD projects or programs we're working with. Um, because right there, we're already, you know, we're not going to be, you know, what even happens at DHS, the, the way that they operate compared to the way DOD operates. I mean, we would get on the phone. You could ask some of my recruiters sometimes. You would call a guy who's DOD for a DHS position. Oh, no. You know what I mean? Completely different mindsets, you know, most of the time. So, um, you know, and you didn't want to start calling. You didn't want too many of those calls because then your reputation's like that, you know, you become one of those staffing agencies. So again, within the DOD, what were we going to do really within the DOD? We had to focus our area even more. So I said, we're going to start working more and more with the combatant commands. We do a lot of stuff comes out of Florida. A lot of stuff comes out of Fayetteville. You know, I've been up and down the East Coast for the last 20 years. We'll just kind of focus on that area as our primary area, at least geographically speaking. We've got the focus of the DOD now down to more of your combatant command. We are going to recruit for people in intelligence and science and technology in those spaces there. And that was, you know, as focused as we really um, were able to get at that point. And as we were starting to become positioned to be more of like subcontractors, we were gonna even have to focus more because then you really got to start writing to it. You really got to start operating that way. You're not just now finding somebody that does that. You're signing off that your company does that now. And that was the next step we were in. You know, if I keep going, I mean, the company's in good standing. We could win a contract tomorrow with the government. We've got everything we need in place, certified wise, you know, uh, paid up, good standing with IRS type stuff, you know, that we could do it. I'd have to pull up some resources again, though, you know, because I have I've diluted myself there a little bit with the technology and the team. <laughs> have you ever read uh, The Generals Have No Clothes by Will Arkin? I think it came out. No, but year. I need to start reading more. I mean, I've been reading a ton about uh, medical stuff in the last by, couple of years. So. By reading, I mean, I don't think I've read a book since college. I listen to audiobooks when I go to the gym. So, it, again, right. sounds smarter. No, 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 I just put that on instead of music. <laughs> I've been reading a lot in the last couple it's, of years. That's because of medical stuff. I have yeah. More. The Generals Have No Clothes is kind of about the sprawling, uh, the mission statement, and then actual infrastructure and acquisition of the, I don't think you can even call it the military-industrial complex anymore because it's so wild and it's software this and once we need chefs for the mercenaries that we have in yemen and it's and uh we, we got to use this we're using radars to work with dea to work with ice because we're looking over this area because mexican yeah, cartels right. <laughs> but i mean if you're kind of doing that and constantly like you said there's different mindsets between like dhs and, and dod it's you know and this is all just from like a business standpoint. And it could a different language too. When you're writing your, your solicitations, like if you're speaking like DOD language, DHS is, you're going to, I mean, care. you don't understand how they're operating, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine that like, just in terms of like the way contracts go and from my limited knowledge of the Pentagon and the DOD in terms of uh the, the, the combination of fear and new frontiers often leads to the biggest opening of the purse strings, be it, you know, the missile systems, you know, we're in the 50 or hydrogen bombs, late forties, fifties to rocket technology, to the spy set, the early spy satellites, Corona, Keyhole, Hexagon. Oh yeah. So much cool stuff goes on for sure. 
I'm just clearly probably, I mean, maybe this is why I do this and not business, but I mean, like just from a business standpoint, I feel like you would want to go into something like, like space force or something. Cause it's the newest and I know. it's the well, least known. I feel like yeah. the cash is probably flying out of the money bags. But they've got so many, the people that are, you know, Guess we were starting every- to recruit for stuff, you know, for space, space command. And we actually, I, when I was in California, um, I think it was like Vandenberg, maybe. See, I just get rusty sometimes. We did a lot of sport um, out at Edwards Air Force Base in California um, for a while, but I did not get ton into the space command. I wanted to, I need like the Army's Future Command, all these commands were coming out. And I was like, all right, well, you know, we're finding people for them. But again, in order for me to do well in that industry and fight through last year, I really have to be passionate about how I'm going to develop it going forward. I mean, the mission can still be and will still be to support the warfighter, you know, Mm -hmm. to do our best to provide them with the correct technology and intelligence to be able to keep them as safe as we can in times of war and peace and to keep us informed and protected and all that, you know, but like, I, I, like you said, I'd have to go back in and get my clearance. I'd be writing a different business plan, reaching out to my venture capitalist buddy who said, Hey, you know, when you're ready, you know, what do you want to do? You just got to know what's your reason. Yeah. And so it's like, if I go back in and now, like the reason what drove me the last five years was to be able to put good people in these positions within the government, to be able to be a part of finding the do-gooders out there in life, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. to be able to support our warfighter. But now I just need to, I need, I need to figure out more <laughs> about how to do that with like the political interest part, you know? So that's why I'm like, you know, go back to the earth, go back to the plants, put your hand in the soil, start to heal, help others feel healing you know, speak up about how people should really be aware of these vaccines and like the adverse effects of these vaccines, the damage and how they can start tapping into finding like real news and real truth, you know, and not, you know, depending on our media. I really, if, if I could just tell people just to, gosh, I mean, oh, I don't know, the people that walked around and quoted CNN all the time, I'm like, my gosh, and my family, so much of my family went down that path if it wasn't for my daughter and my dad and my guy you know who you know we've changed like I said our form into a platonic form now but still just tons of love and if I didn't have him these last years because he you know his six foot four beautiful body that was the last thing we were going to put in there was a vaccine and screw (laughs) up his chance I mean he's he's a lot younger than me he's 25 and he is a good man and you know you got to preserve men with bodies and minds like that you cannot like the destruction that's doing to these men you know and like whoosh and women i mean everybody and children and oh gosh and and what's being withheld you know from the public of what's happening you know i mean that's that's what's got me to where i i'm like the fact that they took it so far that it went so far the global elite said okay no no we're gonna you know all you know 300 of our you know top healthcare institutions are you know directed you know by the who i mean you look up what happens at the world economic forum and who these guys are you know the gates the rockefellers you know you you start listing them you're like look at what they're funding you understand oh they just funded that institution that's why that institution has that mandate Uh, you know what i mean you see the standard operating procedures that go to these hospitals and my uh cousin her husband was one of the deaths from remdesivir you know what i mean and he was military and he was he had his top secret sci he was retiring he had waited so long to retire 
was an he was an intern with my company for a little bit before that as a you know in the DOD Skillbridge program. It was just like you know, but unfortunately, while he was an intern at that point, like we didn't see eye to eye on the, the level of work that we wanted to have done. So like family, family stuff started happening. I wasn't talking to them as much. And when he got admitted to the hospital, I had, you know, two days before he passed away, I was like, Kelly, did they, you know, what's happening to his body? And as she was telling me, it was just like, it, it was exactly what was happening to the patients that were given remdesivir. And, you know, nobody at that point, like the family didn't know, you know, they didn't know what had happened to all those patients that had been given remdesivir with Ebola. And that was the only real long study that had happened. You know, it's just like, I was like, uh, you know, and the family still, my family down there still does not completely, she's starting to get it. She's starting to see and know because I've sent her stuff on the class action suits that are happening and stuff. But um, they all got so scared that they all went and got vaccines because they thought that, you know, it was going to, they were going to be hospitalized if they didn't or whatever. And, um, and they were high risk or whatever, whatever. And they talked my dad into it, which could completely just like got me inside. So because my dad didn't even do flu vaccines, you know, my dad is like very much taught me all the years, you know, about building my immune system, you know what I mean? And like, he feeds his body with, you know, my dad, you know, still does eat meat and eats, you know, maybe just on weekends and just a little bit. And I've gotten him to where he goes to at least like the local butcher and he's not just getting it anywhere. He doesn't eat dairy. Um, but um, and by doing that, he was able to fix his blood pressure, his cholesterol and all this. And now he takes a lot of mushroom and, and things like that. And he's feeling healthier than ever. And he's like 72, but he did take one vaccine and he has gastrointestinal issues since that vaccine. And that was like two years ago. And he had never had GI connect because he was like well I got it two months ago I'm like there's an acute phase of reaction like there's a mid phase, there's like a long-term phase which we don't even understand all of what's going to happen to people long term but like he promised he'd never get another one but they got him with fear and he my dad you know my dad's not you know I mean I didn't they get Trump didn't they convince him somehow to get it you know I think I'm not entirely sure I think they did yeah so you know um I don't know. I say that because I say, you know, was, I was never this political person, but this, I've done a lot of research and, and I keep turning up some pretty good stuff about Trump. I'll tell you over and over what he does to fight for our freedom. So I still got some research on you, Trump, to do with the FDA and what you did before Biden got in there. Why you push and, warp you know, speed. Yeah, that's my. I got to check on a couple of things, but I know how hard you fight, man. And I'll tell you, I'll, I'll run by your side before any of these knuckleheads. You know who I think should go out? Senator Ron Johnson. That's a man who fights for our freedom all the time. You know, he's the one who had that whole second opinion funny. hearing, you know, I watched those five hour hearings. I'm like, oh my gosh. And he opens his forums up to talk public questions all the time. And they're calling him a conspiracy theorist and they're knocking him down. I'm like, Wisconsin doesn't know. They got the best senator out there by far. I mean, and then you got good guys, like good governors, like DeSantos and stuff like that, you know. And my focus next is to start learning how to operate a firearm so I can protect myself in this country the way that things are going. Um, and I was getting there. My ex, my guy, his name is Macklin Bickford. He, um, he's somebody I'll sign off on being a part of his life. He's a, he was going to teach me. Um, so I, you know, definitely have some skill sets I got to pick up over the next couple of years. I see you pretty good on it. Have um, you always like been like, you know, into firearms? Oh, no, uh, I don't. No, 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 no. I go shooting with some friends every once in a while. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I had one in college. Yeah. Um, 
No, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily well versed on them. I don't think any more than the average person that knows like yeah. firearm safety, mm-hmm. treat it like it's loaded. I'd like to be. Even I'm in the mountains up here, you need it, you know what I mean? With your bear mace and your firearm. So Oh sure. Oh no, I'm not I'm not against them at all. I just don't think I'm ne- if there's videos up, it's because I, I specifically took a video because I was like, Oh, this I was is the dope. most recent videos. I was like, Oh, he looks like they got you know, they got some skill. I mean Oh yeah, no, no, that's me shooting with friends. Good. Those things are fun. Yeah, no, there's I mean they're, they're fucking Well, wild. it looks cool. I don't know, Tommy. It looked cool to me. All, all right, like, hey, I'll cool. I'll I'll uh, tell me you're like just stop digging a hole, just take the credit. Well, I asked Macklin if I could take pictures of him and his buddy Moritz shooting at the range because I just thought, like, I mean, I like photography and I just thought I could do some really cool reels and some videos of it and stuff. So I don't know. I mean, I don't take pictures of a lot of stuff or videos of a lot of cool stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, to kind of to kind of pivot just from like, uh, I don't know. Where it was. I don't even, I don't even know if it's more of like a philosophical question, but like, you know, like if you went and got your clearance, Okay, so like if I just shut up and not interview Dr. McCullough and Dr. Malone, I'd probably still be on YouTube, probably be making money there. If I just shut up and, you know, oh, I got a strike for misinformation. If I just gone along and just done podcasts, I'd probably be in a much, much, much better place financially. Right, you, yeah. You know, <laughs> the decisions there, we make to stay away from that bad stuff, I know. Yeah, it, it's it's almost kind of depressing when you realize you're like, Oh, no good deed goes unpunished. If you try to like uphold any sort of moral and ethical foundation, like not only do you like not get rewarded, which you shouldn't be, you should do the right thing, do the right thing, but it's not even neutral. It's oh, like I've you... turned down so much money, Tommy. Like I would be living such a completely different life if I would just said yes to mandates and yes to companies who like, I mean, the last company I interviewed, where we went off, like I was about, cause I'm like, okay, well maybe, maybe I'll do this. I was like, all right, do the modeling influencing thing. I'm realizing now how time consuming that is. So I don't know how much time I would have had to do a new capture management role anyway, but I thought about it. I'm like, okay, at least you got to jump back in making that capture management money. Right. Mm-hmm. But you, how are you going to find a company that you want to support now? Right. Cause so many of them are going along with mandates. Well, I would go through and see where they needed a capture manager in DOD. Cause I'm like, okay, I'm gonna get my clearance. I'm gonna do it. I already got the FBI. I got like a stack of FBI fingerprint uh, paper, this, the, the hard, uh, what do you call it? Cardboard copies ready to take them just to the police you know, station and we can pull them back and I can start the process, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I probably already got stuff in JPASS anyway, you know, from years ago. I mean, I would have some updating to do but my updates over the last 15 years, surprisingly would not be as much as it was when I was running around as a teenager and in my twenties, I was like this apartment, this place, this location, all these different addresses. But um, point being, I had a planner time. Where was I going with this? Um, clearance, profit. Yeah, the clearance, no the, co- oh, the company. So I was interviewing with these companies and I would find companies that at least stated, you know, that they understood what the 1964 Civil Rights Act does, right? Title IV and Title VII, how that protects against like anti-discrimination, right? So mm-hmm. me being an ethical vegan and this gene therapy that's registered as a vaccine at U.S. Patent Trade Office, which I actually did a, you know, very large, I didn't complete the capture, but I worked for Fulcrum for a year um, doing a, putting together a team of subject matter experts with the companies that had the skill sets to go after a $2 billion government wire or uh, contract vehicle for United States patent and trade office. So you can start to figure out how things are patented, how they're engineered, what the process is, you know, cause you have to understand the standard operating procedures for the organization, you know? So, um, a lot of these organizations having that 
uh, the, the years of experience, whether some of them more like, or some of them less, like in IAID was a little less, DHS was more than that, you know, and then and even in DHS, got, you know, 28 components and each component in PPD, you know, ICE, uh, you know, C CBP, whatever, they've all got their own, you know, way of going about things. And then they have sub components. But um, for me, the last interviews, I got to a point where, yes, I found companies that didn't require you, you get the vaccine mandate, but they still supported governments. They still had contracts where the government said, oh, your contract now is going to have these mandates. So what they did do is they would say to the people at least like, okay, well, we are not saying that you have to get a man, you know, a vaccine, but this contract, if you choose to work on it, says you have to. So for me, it was like some companies that was like almost the best that I could find. It was like very few companies that said, no, we are not supporting it at all in any capacity like I did. I am not doing that at all. Right. Um, so but what I did start to try to I had a little bit of an understanding for some of them in their positions. You know, you think you have these organizations, they were mo mostly like mid-sized firms. I mean, some of them, one company actually was smaller. They had like 32 people there in Florida. The other one had about four or 500 people and they were healthcare. So they're like, okay, Alicia, well, how do you feel about going after CMS, which is like Center for Medicaid, I think something, right? Never really focused on that. So that's why the acronym is a little, um, but it's under NIH, um, the HHS umbrella thing. And, and I would be able to figure it out, you know, give me enough time to study up on it for a few months and get smart on it. Um, but they couldn't, I was like, well, can, you know, what I don't want to sign off on, like, before you make an offer, I just want to make sure this was finally at like the third interview with the chief growth officer, gone through everybody else. I knew it was heading to that point, but this individual didn't know how to hold his ground with that. He didn't, you know, he just kind of removed his hands from that. I thought, well, he's right there in leadership. Like he's your CGO, you got your COO, your CEO, they're right there. And I'm saying, I can't bring in what I don't want to do, what I won't do is go after contracts with an agency that's requiring mandates, you know? And he's like, so we ended up at that point where I, I don't know if I ended up talking myself out of an opportunity that could have ended up, maybe they were trying to figure out how to get out of it. Like they didn't like that there's contracts were there and they were like, well, you could do the, you know, you'd be doing the technology stuff. We're not placing doctors and nurses. So, you know, it's more likely that we'll be able to find the contracts that don't require it. Um, but it wasn't, you know, I don't think it was, we saw, I don't think he understood how passionate I was about making sure that I just, that I did not, you know, that we didn't. And I, and I feel like because they still had so many contracts in their company that had those mandates, it was going to take a while for them to get out of that mess. Now, I don't know. I know the mandates are, you know, we've got so many people fighting for our freedom out there, you know, um, that I know they're starting to become, they're starting to pull them back more and more. Um, but there's, you know, there's a job where your base salary is hundreds of thousands and your commissions could be God knows what, because you're, you know, going after, you know, multi, multi-million at this point, they want me going after hundreds of million dollar captures, you know what I mean? And so you, but that means you have to go in, I have to sign, I have to be able to sign off 150% of what I, on what I'm going to build. You know, I don't want to, I kept saying, I almost kind of kept saying, well, is this a conservative leadership? You know, he's like, well, they wouldn't wreck, he's like, I wouldn't recommend to anybody what I don't do. So I knew the leadership itself had made it clear they understood my rights and mm -hmm. everyone's rights. They understood what medical freedom meant. They understood what the law, because the thing is the company is the only one that's going to be held liable. Like I, as a business owner, would the only, if I was to hire people and say, you have to go on this mandate, the pharmaceutical company isn't going to do anything. The government's not going to help you out if you have injuries or death happens. 
life insurance companies now go overseas and pull stuff up. A lot of those are, you know, the uh, what country is happening? Like, I don't know, like a Danish country somewhere. And, Netherlands. Um, I just don't want peg people to peg me for being ignorant in a subject area if I'm speaking of a country and I say something wrong. But there are, you know, areas where people are dying from the vaccine and they're able to tell, obviously, it's from the vaccine. Um, and the life insurance company is recognizing it as a suicide because, you know, oh, people yeah. should know how bad, you know, you've heard those studies, right? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, and I, I just figure however life insurance, however those policies are going to be handled here in America or internationally or whatever. I mean, it's just, you know, it just, I don't know how that's going to work, but I do know that the employer has the liability if something happens, if you're asking people to mandate. And I also know that that's a poor business decision outside of an unethical, completely just wrong to tell somebody to, you know, inject something up their body and classify it as some life-saving vaccine. You know what I mean? Like you're either going to go this way or you're going to take this, you know, like that's your option. No, are you kidding me? There was so many things you could do. First of all, I never ran around and got scared of any kind of sickness because I feed myself with plants and herbs that heal me. I don't have the antibiotics and all that stuff from meat and dairy in my body. So I was, you know, if I got COVID over the last couple of years, I never took a test to figure, well, I did for a commercial one time they made me take two. And that's when I was like, I'm not sticking this thing up because I, had the swabs even have potent did, stuff on it. You I know? did one COVID test and I was like, that's, I don't. Yeah. Know. Like that's it. Right. I'm like, like, no more. No, I'm done. And I'm I hated that my daughter had to take it as many times as she did. You know, I was like, this is such BS. These PCR tests, the guy passes away. Like these PCR tests were never <laughs> even, you know, oh, this stuff was such a mess from the beginning, Tommy. It's. Like, it's, I was like, oh, even if you don't have it all figured out, if you couldn't tell something was wrong, you were really in a very, like, I don't know, some people call it self-absorbed world or maybe willfully ignorant. I don't know what it was, blinded, a victim, maybe not a victim, maybe you choose to be this way. I don't know, but wake up, America, wake up, everybody, because they are lying to you. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, there's, and when I, when I laugh, it's, I've had people comment, like, you laugh at the most, like, serious topics i'm laughing because sometimes you can't help but laugh because you're just whole, like it yeah, seems so like, rotten all the way through you're like i mean i know right yeah, you like, don't I even mean, have to understand how at all you just like you can't yeah it's can't like help but look at it and go and there is bad and there is like no gray area with what's happening right now tommy it yeah. is your you know there's some people who not as is who are not as informed and i'm you know Hopefully we could, us by speaking out, help those people become more informed. Um, but they so quickly want to, you know, deem you as uncredible. So I have to make sure that I, you know, continue to, you know, just speak very eloquently and articulate as much as I can about, you know, how serious it is, but how, how, you know, how much I, I, I wish I could help people direct them into, you know, just go to the root of it. Like, look at everything that's out there, all your big brands, all your big institutions, all your big financial, you know, uh, banking you know organizations all this stuff you just start figuring out look at your health world health organizations you know start looking at those people start watching what happens and start watching who gets pulled up to congress and what happens i mean that's what we need to start elevating things there more um, um i gotta learn a lot more about i got an i got another question but first uh, i really need to use the restroom can you tell everybody can you just take over for a minute can you tell everybody where to find you online social media your oh yeah 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 for sure yeah well, um, so obviously Instagram is a platform that I'm using, but I'm censored on. So I would say if you want to kind of get uh, get me here and there as a novice cannabis influencer model, just ultimately speaking out about health and healing with plants and, you know, um, freedom 
fighter type things, being a patriot, then I'm, it's Alicia. So my handle is A-L-I-S-H-A, and then my middle initial A, and then Poland, that's P-O-L-A-N-D, like the country. Um, you can also, you know, email me at A-A-P-O-L-A-N-D-1 at gmail.com. So my handles, A-L-I-S-H-A-A-P-O-L-A-N-D, and that I'm using as my handle for other things. I've recently started things like TikTok, but I haven't finished them into it. Um, and again, my email is aapolland one at gmail.com. Um, I have a LinkedIn too, but I, I need to start figuring out where to, to talk to everybody. That's what the podcast is for. <laughs> so I hope to get to know more of you that are interested and a part of following and finding the truth. Um, I, was, I also have a website for my company. It's secureshot.llc. Yes, it's not a .com. So that's S-E-C. U-R-E-S-H-O-T dot L-L-C. And you can just pull it up online too. At least pull them. I have an IMDB. I have some, some fun things there that I did over the years. Um, and I also have some agencies that I have a portfolio if you're interested in hiring me for any modeling work. I'm with Wilhelmina Denver. Um, you just go to Wilhelmina Denver on Google and then just Alicia Poland. You can just go to Google and go Alicia Poland at Wilhelmina Denver. Um, and I'm also with Reinhardt Agency and I've been with them the longest. Um, Jenna's my agent over there. And she's in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So you can just go to Reinhard, Models and Talent, Alicia Poland, find me there. I also link to those pages from my Instagram. And I have a tele telegram now. I don't know how to use it, but I have it. And um, yeah, reach out to me if you have any questions or if you want to challenge me on anything or discuss anything. I was just telling them, Tommy, how I'm also open to like challenges. And I love how you brought up quite a few times hey but what about this because like that's how you you know I, I respect that way of thought like well what if you know I mean if you have these clearance if you don't have the clearance and you have people that are how can you fully sign off and you know those type of questions so well, I appreciate that that's the um, type of dialogue because yeah, I need I'm always trying to get smarter too and I'm like oh gosh I gotta think about that now I gotta think about this you know well, um, I don't I don't really see any value to a conversation if you're not constantly either like you and I Although I'd say you and I probably agree on 99% of shit. If that's the case, I then have to artificially take like a devil's advocate stance and at least do the exercise of challenging you. Because if we're not, what what's the point of the podcast? If we're both sitting around right. going, I like the color blue. Me too. Blue's the best. It is the best. That doesn't need to be a podcast. That can be a text. <laughs> unless like Unless it's like, all right, you're doing this. But what if why? Then you start to get some like friction. And then you start to kind of like, you know, get some energy going. And then that's how you yeah. blossom a conversation. But if everyone's just exactly. sitting there agreeing with each other, I agree. So do right. I. The no, end. no, no. Keep challenging. Yeah. What's the point of the, what's know, the, and then to the, the person watching. Some people are like, I didn't like this guest. I don't agree with them. Why would you watch a guest that you agree with? You already know what they're going right, to say. Right. You agree with it. I'm not going to watch a, I'm not going to watch a podcast with my little brother telling his life story. I was there for it. I know the story. I want to see right. something that I haven't seen. Um, so what were you kind of talking about earlier? Uh, oh, yeah, the capture stuff, just like the companies, the 1964 Civil Rights Act, Title IV and Title VII. And basically, like, what that comes down to and what that, you know, really meant to me is that your spirit, your sincerely held belief, whether, you know, spiritual belief, whether it be deemed acceptable, believable, traditional, or whatever, there are rights to that like you have 
like there are laws behind that like and even things in our constitution you know what i mean that are set up to be able to protect you to be able to have that freedom and that is what's so beautiful about america you know what i mean is that we have had our founding fathers set this up so that we can live in this free society and that is what's so scary right now and i know they've been this has been going on for a lot longer than just the last three years but the way in which they're trying to go about depopulation and this, you know, if you look up the 2030 agenda, you look up these mm-hmm. things and you're like, well, Jesus, you know what I mean? Like, shit, this is what's this going is what on doing. here. What the, you know, you look at the World Economic Forum and the World Health Organization and you watch them speaking about, you know, how to vaccinate the world and you know, how they're talking about COVID before it even came out and how to vaccinate for it. You're just like, come on, man. In their ties with the Wuhan lab and stuff. I'm like, okay, people, can we really start paying attention? Like, And my dad's like, Alicia, how are you going to cohabitate with the population? I'm like, I'm just going to have to find people that see it, dad, that that, that know that there is a truth out there. And that's not what is, you know, shared across the, you know, our media platforms and our social media, all that stuff, you know. And so we've just got to keep fighting. I mean, the people that Dr. McCullough has got me introduced to on these threads on email, like what these people do every day to go through trying to document real history and trying to help educate and be there for like, I mean, trying to preserve and keep some excellent institutions out there so that our children that are, you know, raised up in families that are more informed can have, you know, we're uninformed. I mean, sometimes I feel so, I hope I'm reaching out to a younger audience too. I I have a lot of, you know, young girls models and stuff that I've worked with over the years and like, they, I see them watch my stories and I see them follow what I do and they send me questions. And some of them, like, you know, one of my dearest friends, Sarah, she's like Sarah Wharton. She's this like, just gem of a person, 23, 24 year old model. And she's just, you know, people are younger or older, but she's still, she's like, what's happening in the world? Like, how are people, what's going on? Like, so her enlightenment and her awareness to like, you know, there's something awful, Alicia, something's going on. And then it just caused her to keep wanting to, to dig deeper and think and question. And she's like, you know, a lot of us are thinking, you know, how are we going to date a guy that's got a vaccine? You know what I mean? Like, what is <laughs> like, you're worried that your kid, he's going to want to vaccinate your children. That's been a concern. A lot of the girls or that he's going to have some issues health wise later on and you're going to fall in love with them, you know, and his sperm's not going to be like it was. Yeah, so it's motility. like, or, you know, potentially his immune system's just going to be so weak that his health, you know, I mean, it's like, or if you're active, is he going to get myocarditis, you know, or what, are, you know, like, pericarditis however you pronounce the other one like the inflammation of the heart you know? yeah yeah it's i mean yeah. so it's just happening everywhere you know so it's like yeah i i don't know i mean me being single now i don't know how i would date a man with a vaccine i don't know how i would because i would understand i wouldn't understand his where his mind's been all these years you know like what he thought happened these last couple of years like or if he did have it okay, well, is he awake now? Like, is he aware? Yeah. Is he doing things to help his health out and reverse that? You know, what, yeah. what could be? There is, I try to like, I do try to get, keep my heart open and I'm like, well, one, I'm I'm lucky. I have a biology degree. I got into medical school and pharmacy school and I was already kind of interviewing these doctors. And so Thank like, you. there was a little bit of like, all right, I have some, my family is a lot of medical professionals. So I, I would imagine that just by osmosis and proximity, I kind of had a little leg up, but then there's also, you know, I'm also lucky in that I don't have any people in my immediate life with, you know, dramatic illness. So I can, if I I try to change my mind and go, let's imagine I'm 32 
I don't have a degree in biology. I'm just working at whatever. I'm working at the liquor store I was working at two I years know, ago. I know, you don't know. And my older brother's got an immunodeficiency disease. And my dad has cancer. And all of a sudden, the nice guy in the white coat goes, it's your patriotic duty to get a shot. And you go, you know, I don't know what's in this, but I'm doing it for mom. That's not a bad person. I know, that's so sad. That's the that's worst thing. That's why we thing. have to stop the media. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, why we so... have, like, for these people... So I don't, I, I feel, can't, I feel yeah, no, I can't I completely you. throw people under the bus. Cause I'm like, there's a lot of people that did the right thing. Cause oh, they no, 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 so many. And that, I mean, first of all, probably most people that are under 25 didn't know. I mean, I should shoot. I wouldn't probably, know. Yeah. You know what I mean? That Maybe being... even, and I'm not just saying there's just an age cutoff to people that not knowing and being yeah. like, this is there's... an attack on anybody. I just want people oh, sure. to like process of elimination, question things like oh, look but... to the root of stuff. Like, don't just trust media like just some of the is there some basic things we can get across to these people that can at least get them to say hey you know i know i don't maybe have time to understand how the whole global elite work right now how the government operates totally within the political spectrum and everything but like you know at least question and love your body enough to to go like okay well what am i putting in it like when like for me it started because when i go to the grocery store i'm looking on the back of something to see what ingredients are in what i'm getting because i know that my body's either going to be fueled with something or my body's going to start feeling shut down and blocked up like yeah you know i mean it's like yeah no 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 so like yeah like my point on that is like i get where a lot of people were that being said it's been two yeah no two and a half years later and the demonization of people it's been two and a half years and there is the creeping realization. I don't believe that people aren't realizing it. I'm, I'm sure the and Tommy, maybe... I'm not again, like I'm not. And so the people watching, if you got it um, and you thought you were helping, you thought yeah, it was going to keep you healthy. Like I'm so terribly go, sorry. And I yeah, hope you're not having yeah. these adverse effects. Um, uh, yeah. No, no. I get But how that. about promoting it? But now, but here's, here's where I'm like, I draw the line. Okay. But two and a half, two and a half okay, years later. healthcare professionals. But if you're gonna run out there and be like, I got a vaccine, I got a vaccine, you should get your vaccine. You're bad if you didn't get a vaccine or you can't come in here and do this because you didn't. All those people in those roles where did they do their research? Did they check into this before they promoted it? Did they, you know, what professionals did they talk to? Just media doctors? Like where did they get that this is, you know, and then it's well, I mean, it's sad too, because you go to your healthcare doctors and you know, Dr. McColl is telling me is I think it's and correct me if I'm wrong, Dr. McColl, but I think he said 96% of physicians got the shot. Yeah, 96%. No, it's it's, it's, it's wild. I guess where because I they're come... not even taught about vaccines in medical school. They're not even taught. I hear they don't even go through past seven hours of nutrition, which is easy to believe now, given what they just went through. I mean, you take vitamin C and A and zinc, and you know that's what I took through this. I eat a lot of fruit. You know what I mean? And I took those vitamins and I drank a lot of water and I got out in the clean, fresh air, not wearing a mask. You know what I mean? Like, but yeah, I, I guess I look at it two years removed and I know a lot of people that got it and now wish they didn't get it, which yeah, I, yeah, you know, and yeah. those people, exactly. And those, and that's, but that's, it's, a, it's the, the, their brighter minds and they maybe weren't sure. following all this stuff before and they're becoming aware. And that's sad. I know. And I it feel absolutely terrible is, for no. them. It's a no. It was a it was a bunch of uh, power elite taking advantage of good people. That's mm-hmm. kind of the history of man, and it yeah. sucks. I guess where I look at it now is it's we're two and a half years later. If you can't look at it, hey, no one likes being wrong. It's the worst feeling in the world to go back and go. I know, I'm right? The asshole. But it happens to all. I was of us really drunk last night. I yelled at yeah. you. I'm an asshole. I'm sorry. But 
it's two and a half years later and you have a bunch of people now acting like we weren't just flirting with the third right going where are your papers you can't come in here two classes of people government mandated censorship and now we're just pretending like it didn't happen and it's like hey it's one thing you get you're in college you fucked up with your buddies you're too drunk you get into a fight in the next one you're like dude i was an ass and like dude me too and you're sorry it's another thing if i don't know if someone had come up to you while you're drinking with one of your best friends and they pulled a gun, they go, I'm going to kill you one day. The next day you'd be like, we need to talk about what just that happened. Right. I mean, they're- did you watch like, did you watch Senator Ron Johnson recently? And he had taken, uh, where did he, he take, I don't know. He took big tech to court. He had him, he had him in a room somehow. He had their attention. Whistleblower. I think it was in like the last week. Wasn't there like a Twitter whistleblower or something or. Yeah, well, no, but he, I mean, he looked at him, he was like, who are you, big tech, to make these decisions and decide that this is misinformation? Did you call what Biden was saying as, did you classify that as misinformation? Like, do you know how many deaths you are responsible now? You know, how, like, I mean, the man is so like, I I, I just, I want to, I want to work with him. Yeah. Um, I will one day be around him. Um, Yeah, I just, I can't believe there's not more senators with him, though. Like, I can't believe there's not more people well, standing behind it's like the quote it costs nothing to be the second patriot after yeah. it starts after people start going this is the right thing to do and then everyone sees that it's cool then it's okay but the first person to i don't know the first person to have spiked hair or the first person to go the beatles are kind of good everyone's like you hippie but a year later it's like well dude i love the beatles too so like the first people to be like hey man uh just historically pharmaceutical companies kind of lie and they kind of get in bed with the government and even if you don't think there's some grander plan you can go maybe they lied about oxycontin like 20 years ago like they lied about thalidomide i mean i had they had given me amitriptyline for headaches and i found out and this was like back you know i haven't taken a pharmaceutical drug i just use cannabis in my life i maybe you'll have a bottle of ibuprofen around every once in a while if i ever needed anything but i don't know the last time i've had a bottle thank goodness but um like the what was I saying about oh um pharma yeah like they gave me like amitriptyline which is like an antipsychotic didn't explain yeah. to me that it was I was you know I didn't ask the right questions and I ended up having like really bad mental reactions to where my dad had to take care of my daughter for a couple months I mean it kind of I think well the reaction was immediate but then my head from the reaction I had like hallucinations and then I was like went into the state of feeling like oh my gosh how did I get there and just kind of like the anxiety from being in that place and then uh, got off, but you know, you can't get off these medicines or so you get on and you get off of them and you can have all these reactions if you don't get off of it and wean off of it the right way. Like I tried Xanax when I, you know, back when I had anxiety and all that stuff. And you just realize later on, you know, so, I mean, I understand people do things. You just realize later on sure. that you start, you got to start questioning things because your body, you know, your body tells you, you know what I mean? Your body tells you when you put something in, it feels good. If you've got a clean enough palate and you're not stuffing a bunch of bad shit and excuse my French that's you know hurting your immune system from being yeah. able to you know speak to you you know yeah so it's but, so yeah I, I mean it, again this is no you know this is more yeah. awareness not mad at anyone well, yeah some people, but. so I guess this kind of like culminates in me looking at it like there are so many people that are just pretending like it's like a, like a werewolf in the full right that's like when a, a, were, a guy turns into a werewolf right full moon that's how like mythology goes it's like you just saw the full moon for two years. It was COVID. You just saw people like half the population just turn into, I mean, I mean, turnkey Nazi. 
And now that's all gone. <laughs> right. And we're all kind of, we're all kind of not talking. And then you use it. that word and people are like, oh my God. I'm like, well, what the heck do you call what's happening? Do you all see call what's going on in want. China? Not, do you see that's Nazism, heading? communism, call, call whatever you want. Call it, call it, call it banana time. I don't give a shit. I know, it's right? Tyranny. No, like, and so when I look at this, I'm like, all right, no one's addressing it. And if it's someone just turned to a werewolf and it's the next day, day, this next day now, now that person's not a werewolf. And you're like, we need to talk about that guy turning into a werewolf and trying to eat us. And everyone's like, ah, the pandemic's over. And I'm like, but in 29 know, days, right? there's going to be another yeah, full that's moon. The new thing. <laughs> so that's now the new thing. I'm People like, are like, I don't want to talk about COVID anymore. I'm like, you realize that's not just like what this is about. You realize that like, it's still going on. People are yeah, still dying. It's... Like, right. Like the whole report, the 32 doctors was in just Canada that died yeah. after taking their fourth, you know, uh, and within six to eight weeks, I'm like, come on guys. Like all the reports that come from the morgues of people, you know, with now how many places they're having to pull blood clots out of bodies. I mean, the, yeah, they the look like calamari. Over. Yeah. Uh, and so like, I'm looking at it like a werewolf and I'm going, all right, it is over, but in 29 days, there's another full moon. I'm not saying there's going to be another pandemic, but what this is, is a societal change. People aren't stopping. Yeah. yeah. 9-11, 08 financial crash, COVID. Like, there are these big shifts in which the government does an emergency power and everyone goes along with it. So when I'm going, hey, we, we can't not talk about this anymore. Oh, dude, you're just stuck on COVID. I'm like, you were all frothing at the mouth, yeah. calling us the that unvaccinated. Me, but, the, the, but then the, you realize, the Tommy, where they were for the last two to two and a half years. Like, it's just almost like some people almost, I think, are just they're going to live in that lot that I wouldn't call it la la land. Cause it's going to be painful. I mean, who wants to keep going to these doctor offices, just logistically people. I mean, who wants to keep having to go? Well, a, who are you going to trust in the healthcare facility or the health, you know, healthcare um, world now? Like, I mean, there's doctors out there obviously, but you, you have doctors like in, in the doctors in California. I question now, like how they're passing these laws, you know, that they're, what did that AB 2098, what is that the the law that's either passed or just about to pass? Uh, yeah, really can pass misinformation. Censor doctors completely yeah. from talking. Openly. Lose your medical yeah, degree. With patients, yeah. like that shit is scary. I'm like, I got to get my kid out of California. You well, know? that's like, that's so like. Oh. I'm looking at it and I'm like, in this metaphor, I'm like, so none of us are talking about the werewolf and how mm-hmm. it's coming again in another month at the next full moon. I do mm-hmm. almost hit this point where like I can't tell if it's because I'm like a nihilist or if it's i'm just being a a realist because i'm a i'm a very optimistic positive person i have to be me too and but there is a point where you're like so if no one's going to talk about the werewolf and it's coming back maybe it's tomorrow maybe it's in 20 years i don't want to live in the town with the werewolf anymore so best of luck i love you all but i'm going out into the woods there is well and there's the werewolf still at work right now it may not be now they may not be as public with everything but there are still people that are getting fourth boosters and those are still being really affected health-wise from these and dying you know there's still families that don't know and have never gotten justice for you know what happened to their loved ones there's still people that are dealing with depression because of the fact that their parents died alone and didn't have anyone there you know so like why people say COVID's gone yeah how much damage it did there's people small businesses that shut down you know and there's still you know, trying to force these things wherever they can, you know, I mean, it's still, these things are still mandated, you know yeah. what I mean? So this is like my grand conundrum with like this, this podcast is like, 
there is, there really is no reward for trying to do the right thing. And I and I for to clarify, I wouldn't do anything differently. I'm I'm proud that I stood up for what I believed in and in, in free speech and getting banned from YouTube. I, whatever. But there is a moment where you go, what was even the point? If it has a real effect on me, I don't have nearly as much money as I could. I know. And no one, and not only do people not care, but they actively go, oh, shut up. It's over. And they don't want to talk about the next thing coming. Whatever it is, it's coming. Human history never stops. I kind of go, you know what? You're on your own. God bless. Yeah, I know. I'm going to take care of me. I'm going to go move out into the mountains. Yeah. And when the next societal virus comes along and you all eat each other, I'll watch from a distance. You know, but like, that's what my, my dad's like, Alicia, you're not going to save all the people. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not. And so I'm trying to I figure am. out how to be as off the grid as I can too, Tommy. And well, then I'm... have an audience where I can speak openly and freely when people will hear me. Yeah. But I'm trying. That's why I got to figure out how to get smart on a firearm. That's why I moved to Pagosa Springs because there's three really clean bodies of water right here. There's a hot springs that can feed and heat a entire like dome garden domes around here where you have all your yeah. you know fresh fruits and vegetables trying to become yeah, as so, like less dependent on the system as I can but it's so it's 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 challenging I mean I try not to support Amazon but as an influencer you you, you put an Amazon link in your story and all of a sudden you're 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 shown more through your feeds and stuff you know I mean even Instagram just anyway Instagram's a whole other thing but um you know, I didn't know till recently you post something and only 10% of your followers see it. So you I have to post know, like five social. posts in order to get 50% of your followers attention. I've just accepted that all my stuff censored and I'm just like, I don't, I don't care anymore. I'm like, I know I that's why not. I just put it where I can. I do try to like, you know, uh, I do just, the best I can with it, but that's I, why I'm trying to expand now. Um, because I don't want it to be all like everything I say or do is on Instagram and then I get shut down and I'm like, Oh my God, that's why you gotta, that's why, like, this podcast is on Rumble, BitChute, Odyssey, yeah. Spotify. But, like, I'm making on. money off of being an influencer off Instagram. And I'm, like, and I've had modeling, you know, customers come to my agents through there. So it's legitimately now a source of income, like, to where I can't. Yeah, I, I guess I just, that's, the, that's the blessing of this is you can't be demonetized if you haven't been monetized. You can't take anything from me. I don't make shit. I know. Up. I mean, they've no. taken my, they take <laughs> your followers now and then they give you them back and they go up and it's crazy. But anyway, so now I know I've kept you a long time. No, 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 no. We'll, 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 we'll wrap it up in a second. But I was going to say the whole like, do I just go, you know what? God bless with the werewolf. I'm out. I hope you all go, do well. I hope you wake up. I kind of view that in you where you're like, do I get my clearance or not? They're selling this company for 203 million. Am I doing this? And then finally it's kind of like, I'm getting paid to be an influencer and a model. It's almost kind of like, whatever. Yeah, I mean, partially, but you think about the things like you're like the werewolf, you know, he's not gone. Cause look what he just did in California. Look what he's doing in New York still, you know, like yeah. look what's happening all over where people are having to be subject to doing this or losing their livelihood. Like you and I both, I mean, one fifth, of my my salary went from one number to one fifth less the next year and I'm having to rebuild it you know for me it was the first time since I've been you know a career woman which was back in my 20s that I've ever had this type of financial you know and it's because I, yeah. I said no to everything I you know didn't believe and I, I can't you know I don't I don't know how to go forward in life having a daughter you know she's the reason I just you know I mean being a mom you know and credit and kudos to you guys if you're you know who are you a parent i am not no so you're out there brave for you know gosh i mean i don't know me like i my fight has been so much of it's been because i refuse to like 
leave my daughter in this world and not open her eyes up to what's going on, help her see how to operate in it and be free in it. And, you know, just like be aware and, you know, like how to create a better world for her, like, you know, and, and then just for just, just to create, create less suffering. I mean, I, I think about sometimes like you like disappear from it and then you're like, but then it's all still going on out there. And I have a little beautiful, wonderful child who has just, she deserves so much better than what has happened. I mean, these teenagers were walking around like this was a badge, you know, like I got my vaccine. Like, I mean, she, I had to oh, hold my daughter's hand the last two years to keep her. I mean, she wasn't like, there was only two times maybe where she questioned me kind of like, are you sure? Because some of my friends who did have the vaccine are a little less sick this time from COVID. I was like, first of all, you're all on IV campus, which is in Santa Barbara. Yeah, Y'all are hanging out like tons of people all the time. Kids are going to, you guys are going to keep passing and getting sick and all this kind of stuff, you know, until you get out of this college atmosphere and everybody's eating meat and dairy and drinking alcohol and stand up, not my daughter and necessarily all of her friends or whatever, you know, um, but just the, you know, college lifestyle some of these universities is pretty crazy i mean i've actually been out to that college campus quite, quite a bit and driving through uh these streets i mean just you know people, kids are having kids are having a lot of fun and these parents with these kids off thinking that these colleges were going to do the rest of raising them but no, the, the yeah. point was is through that time she had to start not saying she couldn't say she didn't get a vaccine for fear that people around would say something about it like her and a couple of her girlfriends who didn't would have to keep quiet about it because that's how much the pressure was from the other teenagers oh yeah like, no i just used to put people in uncomfortable positions i yeah i would never say i'm vaxxed because that's kind of giving in right i would that's just kind of give them like a, like a head twist like are you vaxxed and i'd be like i'm gay i'm not but i'd be like i'm gay and no one would want to question because it's just so touchy and I'd be like, I mean, for me, I was just like, heck no. And I turned a lot of people off that way. But you just got to throw no. a wrench right into the logic. You just got to be like, I'm trans. But no one I mean, wants to bring it up because they're got... like, okay. I know. But so I, I get some people's points. They were like, look, I said I am, but I'm not. And I'm like, well, I couldn't even do that. I no, couldn't I even because I feel like I was promoting it then. You know, I'm like, but that, I, I mean, I did. I lost a lot of money, but I don't consider all money good money. And now how I'm building it up. And the way it's been coming around in these last months and just the way that things are moving forward. I, I know I'm, you know, I'm being very spiritually led. I'm very into numbers and spirit guides and stuff like this and, and animals and stuff. And like I have the number 11, I only looked on my phone twice today to check the time. And it was like, or last night I was like, it was like 11, 11 when I went to bed or I, it was 11, 11 when I looked at the phone and then I set the alarm because I had to turn my cannabis light off at 12 o'clock. And then this, today when I checked my phone, it was 11, 11. And then, you know, when I knew I had a call with you, I had an alarm, but, um, it's just, you know, it's been a lot of four, four, four and a lot of 11, 11 and the angels were leading me some three, three, threes for a while. And it's not just a numbers thing. It's just sure. always like, okay, it just gives me the strength to go through what I know I'm being led to do. And, and that's just like to try to, you know, open people up to the spiritual natural world. Like it's so healing. It's so beautiful. Like, you know, just it's... stay away from big pharma and the media and that mess, like come together, you know? But, I've, um, anyway, I've yeah. meditated almost every day since 2000 and that kind of helps me more than it when you go and not even uh not even in like whatever your religion is that's fine too that's cool whatever it's your cup of tea i don't care i don't care if you're an atheist or whatever yeah. you meditate every day and you kind of go inside and as like the thoughts quiet and the feelings quiet and you just start to be and then you question like what yeah, right. what is this like why 
if you're like woken up without your eyes opening and you're like all of a sudden you're just conscious what is that's kind of what happens deep in meditation you go what i know dr mccall's like alicia why not just stop the cannabis why not just take that one last thing i'm like well dr mccall it's how i kind of handle the world and deal with the world um yeah. I, Dr. Mer- and Dr. I, and honestly, that's why I'm growing like- my own because I don't think I don't promote all commercial cannabis. I don't yeah. think that I mean people put stuff in it, but when it's grown from the ground and it's grown in very very clean soil with like the best nutrients, calcium and things you can give it, and you can find a way to take it and ingest it that's not and you know what you're taking in because it's like a medicine. You know, you mm-hmm. have to know how much THC is in it and what you're taking it for and what kind of bud you have, where it came from, you know, and what's just people, you know, hopefully I'll be able to help people learn how to use cannabis yeah. and, and not misuse it. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, and that's, you know, it's like all these other plants. Like I have a plant over there. I won't say what the name of it is, but it's a very medicinal plant. Um, but I don't have the knowledge to use it yet or eat it or do anything with it, but it could be very healing, awesome. but I'm going to learn first, but I've grown it. Um, we've been able to, you know, a lot of places you go to, like in California, it was cool. I was in Pismo Beach and we would have native medicinal plants all over the town. And like people wouldn't even realize it. They would just be growing peyote and this, yeah. that. And you're just like, oh my God. And then you even walk down the street and there's like these little garlic, you know, plants and you pick your garlic up and then you've got peaches in the backyard and lemons. And it's just like, wow, it was just very, it was very cool about Pismo. But a lot of places you go, you just go out and start forging and figuring out what that land has to offer you and how you can start becoming more, um, you know, that's why things like honey, you know, local grown honey help with your immune system and your, your allergies and your sinuses and stuff is you're, you're, you're starting to take in little pieces of the nature yourself while you're there. So you start to become less affected by, you know, the toxins and things you're able to fight it off. You've got stronger immunity because you're harmonious with what's around you. You know what I mean? Um, have you ever taken have you ever taken uh mushrooms like psychedelic mushrooms yes for the first time in my life the last year and those again i you know were cool there was like kind of what they call microdosing it um and the guy that i i knew the guy that grew the mushrooms um or i trusted that the guy with him that grew it was growing it in the cleanest way but um yeah, they were cool. Like, I mean, I haven't gotten to where I like tripped out or anything. Like, I don't know if that was because of the mushrooms I took weren't like that, but, um, yeah, I'm all about natural and what comes from the ground. You know what I mean? So I'm not for cigarette smoking. I'm not for hard liquors. I'm not for all that stuff. Cause there's a difference of what that does to the body, but I'm for healing herbs and plants. And again, I'm not for all cannabis. I'm not for vapes. I'm not for, you know, it doesn't mean I haven't done things in my life. I mean, I had, um, when I was a teenager, I smoked cigarettes, you know, and I smoked into my twenties. And then I was like, Oh my gosh, Alicia, are you serious? You're going to let this thing control you. Like you go to the gym and then you walk out of the gym and smoke a cigarette. Like <laughs> it was, it, you know, and then I became an esthetician and I worked on, you know, people's faces and skin all the time. So everything was becoming like a health part of my life. But then I had this massive contradiction there, you know? So I was always like questioning myself and people were like, well, you're a vegan. You, you used to eat meat. And I'm like, well, all I ask for all of us is to keep opening our eyes up and learning about, you know, what's kind of happening around us and the effects of what we do to ourselves and to others, you know what I mean? And to me, all souls are important. You know what I mean? Like, I don't understand killing animals for game. I don't understand game hunting. I don't understand, you know, um, anymore because now I look at what it is. I don't understand torturing an animal for craving, you know, I just, unless you need it to eat. And then in that instance, you know, I mean, 
figure it out like these really skilled hunters do, you know what I mean? Figure out how to do it in a way that's not just completely torturing, you know? I mean, I don't know. I don't know how you, it's hard to say any way of slitting the throat is ethical, you know what I mean? Um, but again, I do know some people need to. But for us, we have 80,000 edible plants out there, and yet we choose to eat the same three dead animals that are just, people would look at how these animals are raised, and people, oh, I was a farmer, or my dad and this, I was like, do you know the small amount of the population now that has like ethical farming operation, because they have to get their animals to a certain weight specification or certain thing to be even picked up by these larger businesses, you know, because again, all part of the government and their agriculture and their laws around it, the FDA, the USDA, people go in the grocery store and think that something's healthy because the FDA signs off on it. That's exactly when you need to question it. When you see FDA approved, USDA approved, question it, question it 25 times. You know what I mean? I think, Um, I think COVID kind of screwed screwed over that whole sham. Because the guy in the white coat said it was good. And after two years, it's like, well, that was a lie. I think that kind of screwed over the entire government stamp of approval. But to to meditation or to weed or to psilocybin, all those things you can do. And that's where I think anyone can really get the strength to just go, listen, this is happening. And if people laugh at you, you go, all right. Because when you experience something so much larger and so humbling and so eternal and you really do see life as just this like my life here today, just like one day is insignificant to a decade. You're like my experience on this earth. You're like, this is just one blink of a thing. It's so short. It's so beautiful. Right. Why not? I be know. A, why not be a real one? Like why? Yeah, I, know. I mean, why? I feel like every time I walk out in nature, it's an opportunity to meditate because I spend yeah. a lot of time by myself and in nature. And when I talk, I've talked like this and it's lots. So um, when I stop talking, I'm quiet for hours and hours. It's like a, I have to go from oh, one to the next. Oh, I do. a I do. a. am the most introverted person I know. I live by myself. I don't like right? Isn't that crazy? People. I'm an introvert. Too. I'll do, I'll I'll do a podcast day. three hours a day. And then I'll yeah. turn it off and it's just me. Right. And then you shut. Yeah. That's I'm like, I, I can't. Yeah. I'm like, I, I like doing podcasts because I can just exit out and then it's silence. I can't. Right. Yeah. Compartmentalize yeah. that time and then poof. Yeah. Yeah. No, after this cool. podcast, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to my mom on the phone and then I, there won't be another word for probably 18 hours. Yeah. I know. Right. That's how I, I talk to my dad. He's my best friend. I'll call him pretty much. I mean, him and my daughter are my like, you know, daily, if not every other day, you know, or every yeah. third day calls. Sometimes my daughter will be a little busy because she's got, well, she's a lot busy. She's got such a full life. She's such a bright, wonderful young lady. And that's why I was like, they are not shooting her up with that vaccine. You better believe I will fight tooth and nail to make sure she understands the health, you know, implications that can come from this. And she understands how to look at the next thing. Like you said, the next wolf that comes out, I didn't classify it as that, but that's it. Like how the next big wave of something she now knows she's just like, you know, decided not to go on campus because they were requiring the vaccine mandates yeah. and me having to go through the whole religious exemption thing with her and her trying to run around. She surfs a lot. She was managing a surf shop at that time for a couple of years. Well, like key holder to it. So I, you know, I thought she pretty much was part of the management team the whole time. She did a fantastic job moving in her own places, you know, paying her own bills or rent or utilities or travel, doing all these things, having a fun life. And then, you know, having to keep her safe through that though. And then one time she had to get her tonsils, like her abscess removed on her tonsil. And we were in Santa Barbara County and we had to go to 
five different ERs until we were able to get into one that let me, because she had to have an emergency. So she went to the ENT and he was like, you need to go into surgery right now and have this abscess removed. Cause she was like, you know, mom, like she could hardly swallow even like a drip of saliva. Like she was, her throat was just, you know, and we were like, they weren't letting me in because I didn't have a COVID vaccination and she's 18 years old. Mm-hmm. I got to the one ER in Goleta. I called up their complaints department, talked to their director of ER, had that director of ER for nursing walk outside that parking lot and walk me in. I looked at those nurses. I was like, I'm the wrong mother to fuck with. That is the <laughs> last time you keep me away from my child. Yeah. Like these people didn't know. I was like, but the fact she had to go back there for an hour and a half without me, like, and I didn't know, I can't trust the healthcare, you know, uh, institutions like that anymore. And I'm just like sitting there, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, you better believe you will not, you, you try to get me out of this room again. Like that was, and the yeah. guy apologized. He was great, but I'm looking at every one of them in there knowing they all got, you know, masks in a medical place. I get it. Okay. You know, it's not just at that point for trying to, not just about COVID. I know they oh, do. Sure, yeah, it's, a, it's an ER or OR. Yeah. Right. Exactly. But like the whole, you know, the freaking, uh, them and they're promoting those vaccines and looking at those people that were left working there because you know the people that didn't go along with it left and some people don't even know some of these young nurses you know come and just stepping into the medical field you know I mean I'm interested in watching that podcast that the just think ladies have because they're talking about one nurse they're having on you know they're having her come up and talk about you know how she's having to basically like reverse engineer everything she learned you know what I mean like go all the way back and like because you look at the you know you're like well, let's see, you know, me now, one of my next areas of study is going to be, okay, let me look at these medical associations. Now, let me look more into that community, start to see how they, how were they even able to get this, you know, standard operating procedure out here, this protocol that called for everybody to do this remdesivir and to get all these ventilators and all that stuff. Like, and my brain just doesn't know how to shut it off now. Now I know what's going on in the world. So I'm not just going to turn an eye. Doesn't mean I'm also going to sit here and try to talk to every willfully ignorant person about it anymore. But I'm going to do my best and my part. I'm going to talk to guys like you and talk, talk to Dr. McCullough. And as soon as I can start building those finances back up where they were in 2020 and the years prior, then I'll start getting myself out to more of these, you know, meetings they're having in these conferences and start getting deeper and deeper into the group of people that are, you know, fighting to keep, you know, our history, um, you know, being able to be told in, you know, in a real form and help educate people and save people. Like Dr. McCall was like, I could have saved almost every single one of them. Oh yeah. You know, just so those are the people I want to hang out with, you know, <laughs> tell yeah. me who you go with and I'll tell you who you are. That's what my grandfather used to tell me. Yeah. And it is true. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. The, it's, I mean, it's been said so many times, but there's something. So again, it, it is dark, but you almost can't help but laugh the same people that will refuse you from entering a hospital because you don't have your papers are the same people that will be like, Oh, you're one of those Nazis. And you're like, dude, what? I know. Right? You're like, I'm what? Like, it's almost like uh, the Dave Chappelle my brother's still, my dad's like, Alicia Chad, my brother, he just, he thinks you're a conspiracy theorist. I'm like, I can't even believe he still uses that word right now. I mean, but he's that just been was, working at Homeland security. That word he's was just liter- there. That word was literally created. That term, that phrase was literally, and this is not a conspiracy, that phrase was literally created by the Central Intelligence Agency in the 1960s to discredit people who questioned the narrative. See, exactly. Just you can like find that the fucking memo. Word, right? You can yeah. find the memo. I'm like, <laughs> if it's labeled misinformation now, you may want to look into it. It's probably some facts behind it. If it's someone probably censors, good. you may want to check them out because they it's probably, probably speak good. You know, communist Russia, when they're like, don't look at capitalist propaganda, it will tamper your mind. 
hey, that was the shit to look at. The stuff that's like, hey, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's the propaganda. So right. when they say it's misinformation, that's just spoiler alert. This is the good stuff. So I mean, look at all the people right now who are freaking out about COVID still, you know, who actually, or even if they're not freaking out about that, but had all these other medical things that needed to be tended to. All of a sudden, <laughs> there's just one disease now. Here's the disease. This is a inflammation. You got inflammation, respiratory infections, blood clots. Doctors have been able to treat it for years, but let's all freak out. Let's yeah, all yeah. freak out and take these vaccines. There's, let's not do any is, research. You know, I'm like, oh, it is now a government anyway. rush to take care of you. What about morbid obesity? Shut up, racist. You're like, what? I just I know. I'm like, for real. Can't bring anything like, up. But yeah. they have everybody in the political spectrum, like everybody kind of, uh, you know, the media's got like a good part of the population all worried about all kind of other things. It's a whole other conversation. Yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah. you know, it, it all the movements they have going on, you know, and they think was... they're doing their best by promoting those. But <clears throat> anyway, I think I'm talking too much now. My throat's itching. So no, you're good. No, we'll we'll wrap cool. this one up. I was going to say, I guess, like, yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, you can try to tell the other people about the werewolf. You could show them it. You can even bring up pictures and be like, this was last night. But at a certain point, you got to be like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Someone said you can't God give bless. someone the magic glasses. Who was that that quoted that? Well, it's it something can, I reposted on Instagram. I know that you, like, can, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't force it yeah. to drink. Same thing. You're like, all right. Same thing. Yeah, all exactly. Right. Like, whatever. People just can never see. You're like, I love yeah. you all. I wish you the right, best. Peace. But I am going off the grid with a rifle. I love you all. (laughs) Like get get away from me. But um, yeah, I mean, right, Leo Szilard, the friend of Einstein, who like left left, I think, on like the last train out of Nazi Germany. He was trying to convince his friends. Then finally, he was like, "I got a place to go." (laughs) Good night. It was in like thirty six. It was like nineteen thirty six. He was like, "Bye, sorry, I love you all. Bye." And it's terrible. Yeah. Well, I had to step away from most of my family. So I'm like, all right, guys, I'm sorry, but I don't know if you guys, they're, I mean, not my immediate family. Well, my sister, my brother, cousins and their husbands, my aunt, who I yeah. think right there, you all know, you guys are there. I, I hold you accountable for pressuring my father. You're, you just need to be more informed. I'm sorry. You guys need to pay more attention. They need to pay more yeah. attention. Anyway, they all got the vaccine and ran out there and promoted it and had no idea. None of them have any kind of insight to the medical world. None of them have even thought about like changing up their diets or put what they put in their body over the last years. But yet they wanted to run around and be like, I'm not saying they didn't think about it, but you know, they didn't make massive efforts to try to like work on their health. But then this vaccine comes out and that's like the thing that they're going to do for their health. That right there is it. That's what everybody has to do. Not think about all the other things that they're you know, that they could be putting in their body that could be helping them, but, and then make everybody who didn't get it seem like a black sheep of the family. And I'm like, oh, whoa. And I just had to keep my daughter away from all that too. And I had to tell them, if any one of you tell my daughter that this vaccine is okay. Like I didn't talk to my dad for three months because when he got his, Kayla was saying something, my daughter's name's Kayla about school. And um, she's like, well, Poppy said, well, maybe if you have to get it, it would be okay. I'm like, are you kidding me? Did you just say that to my daughter? Basically, he was like, I was like, you've been pretty much just told her it's okay to go play Russian Russian roulette with yourself. Like, that's what you just told her. And so he was like, I didn't, you know, and he finally, like, we didn't talk for three months and my dad's my best friend. And then he reached out and I was like, dad, you have to acknowledge that what you said, like the depth of how, how harmful that could have been to Kayla had I not been more power. Like, she's like, mom, 
if you hadn't let me know so much how, you know, all the different things that were happening to the people that weren't good from this, I probably would have ended up getting it, you know? And she's like, I'm so thankful that, you know, and she, when she went to Hawaii, spent some time there, met a guy from the military who also worked at the medical field. And he said, he's never, you know, he started explaining to her the same type of stuff I did. And somehow that clicked. And she was like, mama, I had no idea it was so bad. I'm like, yeah. And she never since then has she questioned it again with me or anything, but the fact that I just had to keep my sister, my brother away, and at some point my dad away, and I'm already, you know, we're already pretty estranged. I am very estranged from my mother, but, um, and then my aunt and uncle and cousins all lived down in Florida with my dad, and they were all the ones running around getting the vaccine because the, you know, they thought that TJ, my cousin's husband, died from it when really it was remdesivir that took him out. It was just such a mess. I was like, oh my gosh. That was my family. I don't understand how so many of them became so blind I don't know I mean I grew up the same home as these people my sister and brother you know like mm. again but it's 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 good luck with the werewolf I love you all right I know right <laughs> yeah peace I'm out yeah I let don't... me step into the world let me step into the world of the conscious thank you yeah, um, you're, like, you're, like, anyway. you're like god bless with the werewolf you're like aim for the neck if you do have to kill it but I'm out remember I'm out, though, right exactly but, good luck uh Alicia, hey, let's wrap this one up. Uh, I'd love to yep. have you back on again. Shout out Dr. McCullough. Thank you for putting us in touch. And um, yes, thank you. I will put, please text me all of the links to your, I guess, I mean, I have your Instagram. I'll put that. In the I will for sure. Yeah. And I'll put that, all of that good stuff in the description. And um, yeah, take care, everybody. And we'll talk soon. It Absolutely. was a pleasure. It was an honor. I'm so, I'm so excited that he connected us. Thank you so much. You know, well, I'm glad you finally did a in. podcast. I'm finally, I'm glad you finally. Finally, did I did. And you were my first, Tommy. Thank you. You got it. You got it. You walked into the scary world and realized just how unscary this is. I'm coming out, everybody. It, I'm coming out. I'm letting it out. <laughs> it's, that's what you realize when it's over. You go, that's it. And you go, that's it. That's the podcast. Well, you just talk. Perfect. I love it. That was super just easy. Just the camera. I just talk. <laughs> that's literally, all right. I've been doing it for three years now and I still have no idea what I'm doing. So. Alicia. Yeah, you did a great job. I appreciate thank you. it. You made me very comfortable. All right. Thank you. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for coming on here. I'll text this to you. Thank when you. Bye-bye, Tommy. Bye-bye. Bye. Nice to meet you.